Salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn related show on the planet Earth, the John Cambie Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. Spank your mama and call her Sally. It's Monday. That's my Congratulations mom's Congratulations <laughs> of opening up a brand new week, and it's good that you guys are joining us here today. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good stuff, and joining us, launching this brand new week, writer, director, producer, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how you doing? John, I'm doing well. It was a restful weekend. I caught up with uh, Light and Magic, the Lucasfilm. The I'm probably, two episodes into it. So good. It's so good and candid, and the footage they have is surprisingly uh, amazing, because I've never seen it before. How did you dig up all that footage? Like, that is crazy. Crazy. Uh, also, joining us. Voice performer, teacher, and instructor, if you want to learn the art. Chris Carr is here. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great. I had a live demo session this weekend that was so, so good. I freaking love doing that stuff, so I'm all jazzed for the week now. Well, it's good to have you here. And of course, oh, by the way, it's somebody's birthday. Yeah. Ray Ora joining you guys in the live chat, and Yay! it's his birthday today, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, I'm still making him work. Just screw that guy. But yes, Ray is here. Ray, how you doing? Oh, good. I had a funny story to tell, but I'll save it for another time. <laughs> All right. And sitting beside Ray, it's not his birthday, but we are equally glad that he's here. Producer running the show, Jonathan Boyko. I'm just holding on to all of my funny stories <laughs> and never going to share them on camera. Saving them all up. And guys, it is good to have you here joining us today. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. And in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you want to get a live comment or question right on the show, uh, number one, you got to be watching live. Number two, once we get to the end of the main topics, we'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. And when we do, that is your cue to start firing in your thoughts, opinions, theories, questions, whatever. And we will read those off in the second half of the show. Also want to do a little bit of housekeeping here. In case you guys didn't know, if you need your daily fix of the John Campy Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, the good news is... We've got a podcast feed. It's simply called the John Campia Show Podcast. Just go to your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for it, and subscribe to it today so it'll be there when you need it. Also, by the way, we have a secondary podcast feed just dedicated to Mailbag. So subscribe to both of those podcasts today. All right, guys. With that all down, let's kick things off here with a couple of off the tops. And the first one is a sad one, and it is this. Um, clearly, obviously, when you talk about any of the cast of the original Star Trek television series, you're going to use the word iconic about any of them, whether it's obviously good Canadian kid, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, but also Nichelle Nichols, who played Ohura, who was one half of one of the most socially important milestones in American media at the time when on Star Trek, they had the first interracial kiss between Captain Kirk and Uhura, and it was the first time it had ever happened. And I can already hear if that was first aired today, the screams of woke from, from uh, certain corners of YouTube would have hyper-blasted across the internet. But, but seriously, though, like it was one of the most important things to happen, especially in American media, at the time. Her character was fantastic when we got back when we got into the movies i mean obviously she was one of the ones that had to come back as well she's been a great ambassador in the following years now obviously whenever we've seen her we could tell her her health has been failing a, a lot over the years but she passes away now rob as you know our resident 
Star Trek guy. I mean, your thoughts on the passing of Michelle Nichols and, and the importance and her ultimate legacy when it comes to to television and media. Well, you know, she she was the first woman I ever loved, to be honest. Mm. I, I I to me, I thought she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. And of course, she was on the bridge crew of the Enterprise. She was my dream girl growing up. And uh, there's an episode in the second season called Mirror Mirror when she has she's in the mirror universe and she has her exposed midriff. And I'm like, that's the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> when she threatens Mirror Sulu, you know, it's so it's so great. So I uh, uh, I mean, look at her. She one of the most beautiful women ever on television. And I actually had an opportunity. I worked on a project with her a little bit, uh, a movie called Lady Magdalene's that unfortunately is not good. <laughs> although although she she was wonderful and, and i got to know her a little bit personally obviously you know she went to work as an ambassador for nasa in the 70s That's right yeah and um uh, you know i think that there's that story that martin luther king told her that she she didn't want to she didn't want to stay on star trek she didn't have a whole lot to do right and so martin luther king whether it was true or not apocryphal or not it's a great story he said listen you know what what this says to the world is that there are black people in the future and they matter. Whoopi Goldberg has said the same thing. When mm. she was a little girl, she saw someone that looked like her on the bridge crew of the Enterprise, which meant that, you know, we're coming right out of the civil rights movement of the 60s. You had the assassination of Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy. Uh, so it was a very tumultuous time. And for someone like Nichelle Nichols to be part of the command crew. So ultimately, if she needed to, she could have been in command of the Enterprise. She was part of that crew. And to have somebody like that, it made a big statement at the time. And she was, I mean, her poise, her grace, her elegance. And even in the 70s, like, you got to watch. She's in a movie that stars Isaac Hayes called Truck Turner, where she basically plays a pimp, a madam. And she kills it. I mean, she's, she's, she's awesome. You can actually see... Uh, I was watching this clip on YouTube yesterday. I mean, she was a she was actually a great, great actress that could play a number of different parts. It's just when you get stuck in sort of this iconic role. But she's had a lot of other roles where she was actually right. very, very good. But it, she lived a good full life. And I'll tell you something. As far as an ambassador for Star Trek, everyone who ever came across her at conventions or loved ever met her, her loved her. And 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 she had done so many things, so much charity work, so much outreach. She was truly a delightful human being. And she had a sparkle. A friend of mine, Darren Scott, who uh, they made Tales from the Hood. And she came back and she she was in in one of the sequels. And he he had her call me on the phone when they were shooting. And he just he had the best time with her. And, and um, you know, she will be missed. But she led a great life, you know, and um, she will definitely be missed. And she was iconic. And I'm just happy that I was able to meet her a few times. And um you know, the fact that not only was she the first woman I ever loved as a child, you know, what can I say? And I really loved her. Like, I was convinced I was going to grow up and marry her. I was, was that kind of a thing. Her green hoop ear or bigger earrings. Man, I love those earrings. Um, that didn't happen, unfortunately. I mean, maybe she was a little old for me. But um, rest in peace. Godspeed, Michelle Nichols. Chris, when you look back on, you know, the legacy she leaves behind, what's going to stand out to you? I mean, mostly what stands out is her work with NASA because I, I worked for the Space Center in right. Houston. And she was so, so important for selecting NASA Astro Group 8 back in the 1970s, like Rob was saying. Uh, Dr. Mae Jemison cites 
her role on Star Trek as being the thing that pushed her to going, I can be an astronaut. And that's why she was the first black female astronaut. Um, Whoopi Goldberg cites her as, I could see myself in a genre that I usually don't see myself in. She's one of the people that made me realize I can be an actor, I can be anything. So just that visibility she provided for so many people. Mm. And to get women so excited about being in STEM, to get minorities so excited about being in STEM, I think is so, so huge. And I think that's the really cool thing about storytelling is that even if you're telling stories that seem fantastical there is something so important about seeing yourself in them that just transcends storylines and genres and everything guys the question is for you when you look back on the listen iconic role that she has played of nichelle nichols what do you think about what stands out to you the most whatever your thoughts are jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there all right guys with that down Let's do another off the top, and that is this. Sticking in space. Bruh. There's a new Star Wars movie coming. The Star Wars. Inside joke around the officer. Um, Galaxy. There, there is a new Star Wars show coming out called Andor, and it has looked real good. I have been fascinated about this ever since they announced it at D23. It's like the idea of looking at the dirty side of the rebellion. Like anytime you're going to have a military <laughs> rebellion. Sorry, sorry. The no. dirty. <laughs> wow, the check dirty, out. Dirty. The dirty side, you know. That's the next show on Disney+. That's Plus. the next show on Disney+. Plus. Now that they're taking R-rated content. No, it looks at the side that's got to get their hands dirty. We always talked about that. Like for this, the rebellion we've seen in Star Wars up to now has been the clean version, right? Like they're just the real. But if you're going to have a rebellion, you need people who are going to get their hands dirty. There's a There's an underbelly to it. And the idea of seeing a show like that has always intrigued me. So I've been intrigued with it ever since they announced it. Then they started putting out these trailers. It's like, this looks straight up cinematic. Like, I love Mandalorian. Love it. Absolutely love it. it it's not always the most cinematic looking thing. Book of Boba Fett, where a complete war of 10 people on one side and 12 people on the I mean, it... it you know, the Vespa gang. I mean, it's just not, it's just so cinematically, even Obi-Wan. I mean, it didn't have the most cinematic look, but everything about Andor's looks cinematic. And with D23 coming up, which, you know, I'm convinced they're going to drop major bombs at. I thought at D23, we're going to get another look at Andor, but they dropped a new trailer for it today. Dude. And I feel very comfortable in saying it's the best one yet. Like that, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones trailers to drop for those shows. This does it does not look like television. Like as great as Mandalorian, in it kind of does look like television. Like the, this does not look like television. It's bringing war back to Star Wars. It it just every part of it. Look and Scarsguard in this. My heavens, that shot of the lady just looking up and seeing a star destroyer in the atmosphere flying overhead and what like it's finally giving us a sense of what did those symbols instill in people the fear the dread of like f the empires here like the oppression that 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 symbol being in the sky what that actually meant i'm starting to feel that you know this show looks incredible this new trailer is the best of the bunch so far rob you had a chance to check out this trailer this morning what did you think of the new trailer to andor oh i i watch it like three times back to back i mean to me john there's there's two different there's two different kinds of star wars there's the star wars that is an extension of you playing with your action figures and i would call book of boba fett that maybe the mandalorian that 
And then there's the sort of more erudite upscale Star Wars that I prefer, like Empire Strikes Back, I would call that. And star, the original Star Wars is a combination of the two. And so what I've wanted to see is a, and Rogue One is definitely, was definitely that. It yes. was more, more serious. And I've always wanted to see a, a deeper examination as to what actually is going on in the Star Wars universe. This was like catnip. If I could, if I could stick my tongue on the screen and lick this trailer up, man, did I, did I, uh, I loved this trailer. I loved everything about it. Like you said, it's cinematic. It looks incredible. The mise-en-scene, everything that you see, first of all, wow, they're on location, you know, in Europe, in the mountains, it's shooting cool stuff. I'm like, it's like the same way they went to like Iceland for the beginning of Rogue One, that's what Star Wars used to do is they would even with Jedi, they would go to the the, 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 the trees in Northern California. They go to the desert in Arizona. You know, they went to a, a glacier in Norway for Empire. I've missed that. And that was a part of that was a staple of Star Wars, man. This starts out with that vista of two people coming up like over the hill and mountains in the background. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're off to yeah. the races. And I just dude, I looked at this and I'm like, I'm all in. This is what I wanted to see. Even like I, there's Star Wars vehicles. Like there's one, I don't, there's like a platform or something landing. There's one thing in the foreground. This thing. I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what is that? Like, I, I want that. I want that model. I don't even know what it is. And I'm like, show me stuff that I haven't seen before. And the Stellan Skarsgård, you know, you bring in a veteran actor who's some kind of war leader. He's talking to Saw Gerrera. I'm like, man, I'm so in. I'm more excited about this than I've been about Star Wars in five years. I I feel safe in saying that this was the best Star Wars trailer since the Rogue One trailer. Dude. Now, again, listen, we are talking about a trailer. Like, don't mm -hmm. misunderstand. We're not getting hammered. We totally understand that this show may suck. Yeah, it might. We are just talking about the trailer. But as a trailer, I think this is the best Star Wars-related trailer since Rogue One. Anyway, Chris, you had a chance to see this trailer. What did you think? Oh, man. Well, first of all, I know it's been a point of contention that I do not love Rogue One. This upsets <laughs> All the people in this room and all of you find people on the internet, particularly this guy next to me. Um, but I, it's one of those movies that I like talking to people about more than I enjoyed watching it, right? Where I felt the execution wasn't as strong as the things that everyone likes to delve into, right? That said, this trailer, my buddy Brandon and I were messaging this morning and we were like, do we care about this so much now? Yes, we do. <laughs> Everything about this looks epic. There is so much scale here, right? It feels like it's such an intergalactic story. It feels like a dirty, gritty rebellion. And the cast is magnificent. I mean, Diego Luna is one of the most incredible actors we have. So I'm so happy to have him really get to like dig his teeth into something with this character too and have more to play with. Fiona Shaw's in this. Aunt Petunia, for all of you Harry Potter fans out there, playing his adoptive mother. And yeah, Skarsgård looks killer in this. He seems like such a badass. I love it. We see two haircuts. I know. And you know yeah. when he gets his hair yeah. cut back, yeah, like yeah, oh, stuff that going down now. Time, time, time shifting than that. And by the way, Mon Mothma. So Ooh. they don't know what I'm really doing. And what are you really doing? Like, come on, dude. It's like, this is great stuff. But, but you know what was so great about this, John? All this stuff. It's all the lines of dialogue. Yeah, the dialogue it, it is was, great. I mean, show me Star Destroyers. That's great. But I want to see Game of Thrones level intrigue. And that's what this trailer, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be like that. It's what the trailer promises, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and we've got such sophisticated genre programming. And I've wanted a level, Rogue One was not perfect. I would love it if it was a half an hour longer and we got to meet all the characters before they were on the streets of Jeddah, where you could see 
But that said, there was still a seriousness to it that oh. I like in Star Wars. There's this, high stakes. There's yes. incredibly high stakes, and that's yes. what we lack constantly, I feel, in Star Wars. Well, yes. I mean, yeah, again, they we we know this is just a trailer, mm -hmm. but again, for, for what it does, by the way, the first time I watched it, it goes by so fast. I thought for sure Maz Kanata was in this. I'm, I mean, yeah, there you go. That case. So this, when it's still, when it's a still frame, you can clearly see it's some old man. But the first time I'm watching the trailer on a smaller screen, they just zip by so fast. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but what are they doing? That's some creepy well, they're, ass. They're performing surgery. It's a four-armed, that, that doctor is a four-armed being. It looks like he's performing surgery on Andor. Uh, at the time, but yeah, that's a hell of a needle for anybody, anybody who's got fear of needles. There's that. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What did you think of the new Andor trailer? I personally think it's the best Star Wars related trailer we've had since the Rogue One trailer, which is fantastic. Hopefully the show lives up to it. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But whatever you guys think about the trailer, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. Before we get into our main topics here today, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's episode, our friends at Peacock and their new series, The Resort. We want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, Peacock's new series, The Resort. In Peacock's must-see new series, there's more than just trouble in paradise. There's a flip phone, a disappearance, and a suspiciously timed hurricane. The Resort, a new Peacock original from the creators of Palm Springs and Mr. Robot, is an unexpected exploration of how love, marriage, and family can be a real trip. When a couple finds an old flip phone in the jungle on an anniversary getaway, they are unknowingly pulled into an unsolved mystery, a bizarre case that went cold 15 years prior when a once-in-a-century storm wiped away all the evidence. This journey through the Mayan Riviera will take you from the edge of your seat to the depths of human experience and back again. Starring William Jackson Harper, Kristen Milioti, Luis Gerardo Mendez, and Nick Offerman, the resort is streaming now only on Peacock. And thank you to our friends at Peacock and their new series, The Resort, for sponsoring this episode of The John Campia Show. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into our main topics. And how do we select our main topics here on the show? Well, that's easy. You guys come up with them. We need your help to program the show. See, whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? This first one comes from Clark Washington. This past weekend saw a mixed bag of results at the box office. Super Pets opened lower than the 25 to 30 million analysts, said Peg it for. Its opening is even worse than the Emoji Movie, <laughs> which opened in the same space five years ago. On the flip side, Box Office Mojo reported that for the first time since December of 2019, that the total films released in a single month, in this case, July, grossed a billion dollars domestically. What are your thoughts on these box office numbers? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And, you know, we've been talking a lot recently with things like Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Top Gun, things like that, that the box office, contrary to popular belief, where everybody thought in the midst of pandemic, Movie theater's done. No one's going to go to the movies anymore, blah, 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 blah. It has been resurging and it's been making a comeback. And nowhere bigger is that being able to be seen than in the fact that July, now that July is done, has become the first month since before the pandemic to cross the billion-dollar mark. This comes from the folks over at Yahoo who write the following. 
The box office still isn't totally back to the level seen before the pandemic. With the exceptions of 2014, every July since 2003 has seen the box office top a billion dollars, and the monthly total exceeded $1.2 billion each year between 2017 and 2019. But the success of the past three months shows that with the right film, audiences are more than ready to return to theaters, as July should finish with a monthly total of over $1.1 billion after this weekend. You know, we've been talking a lot recent months. I mean, uh, just recently, the new Jordan Peele film, Nope, became the highest opening original film since the pandemic, since his last original film, Us. We saw the huge box office success of both Top Gun, Spider-Man, uh, Doctor Strange nearly hit a billion dollars. Uh, Thor has already crossed 600 million. All this guy, money, uh, minions did really, really well. I mean, so this again, and I like what Yahoo put in there. So it's like, it's still dependent on the movies that are out there. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just put whatever out and expect there to be a billion dollar things, but it shows, it is proving once again that with the right movies and theaters, the audiences are wanting to go back to the theaters. I think this is a very big deal for the movie theaters. Unfortunately, between now and October, not a lot of big stuff is coming out. I mean, we've got Bullet Train coming, which I'm yeah. super stoked about. But anyway, Chris, you hear about this. How significant is this really? I mean, I think this all really goes back to how well Top Gun did. And it brought yeah. in those remaining people who were real, real recalcitrant to come back to theaters. The over you know? 40 crowd. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I don't think we're seeing a big tick here with Super Pets. You know, I mean, the trailers weren't that great. It was really just me and Ray who were like, this looks cute. And apparently it's better than, you know, everyone's thought. I still haven't gotten to see it. I'm, I worked all weekend, so I need to go catch that one. But I think that's why we're seeing this kind of trickle effect, though. And we finally have people coming back in theaters is we've had movies like Top Gun that really ushered in more folks to the theater. We also did have a big COVID spike. So I think <laughs> I think we're going to see these numbers drop a little bit, even though we don't have anything particularly exciting coming out aside from things like Bullet Train. I think we're going to see another move back to being very cautious when it comes to the movies. Well, at least until we get the blockbusters come back out again exactly. in a couple of months. Rob, you see this. What do you think is the most significant? What stands out to you about these numbers we're seeing? Well, like what, what Chris said, it's great to see people go back to the theater. I mean, it's... And, and they're going back because there's things people want to see. Like you pointed out, the box office is only as good as the movies that are in the theaters. Mm -hmm. You've got to get people to want to come see these films. And by the way, Top Gun is still making money. Yes, it is. Yeah. People are still going. So it, it contributed to that billion dollars. You have Thor coming out, even though, you know, my feelings on it were mixed. People are still going to see that. But we have to have, you know, good movies. I think in the case of, of Super Pets, you know, I think the perception was even you and I were like, ah. But you went and said, this is pretty good. I thought the movie was just based on the, tra the trailers for kids. Like, I didn't think it had anything to offer me. But when you came in, I was surprised. You you liked it. Right. And we'll talk more about Super Pets a little yeah. bit later. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think that's part of the problem is that, you know, you have to have a movie like Super Pets. You, you, you got to get – if you want adults to come back to the theater, you have to give them fare that they want to go out and see. And that's certainly not somebody that's – that's not going to draw in the over 25 crowd, I think. Ray. This is where we can actually say that maybe streaming – has a negative effect maybe like only because like things like super pets i could see people saying i'll wait for it to hit streaming it's going to hit hbo max anyways you know there's certain movies that yeah you do want to go to the theater but a lot of the movies like super pets could be ones that people are willing to wait on same thing with nope 
people may be interested to see it, see what all the fuss is about, all the... I don't think so. I don't know. I'll wait for it to go to streaming. I don't think so because the I'll wait for that to come out on video has always been a part of the conversation ever since VHS came out. Like like this this whole thing about... Like, I, ever since I've been doing this, back from the movie blog days, For Your Consideration, AMC Movie Talk, like, whenever we're discussing it in a movie, one of the common refrains is, I'll wait for it to come out on video. I mean, so that's always been a part of the conversation. This is just a different avenue. So I really, I mean, listen, we're still looking at a theater industry that is still in recovery mode and still trying to get more and more people back into the theaters from the pandemic. And it still hasn't won everybody over, right? Not everybody's coming back yet. Although movies like Top Gun has done a huge job, like Chris was pointing out, to get those audiences back. But we'll see how that all goes. Anyway, guys, question is for you. For the first time since the pandemic started, we have a month that made over a billion dollars at the box office. What do you think about that? How significant or not significant do you think that is? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down... Let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today? Our second topic comes from the antagonistic anonymous. Hey, crew. While speaking with Esquire, actor Anson Mount revealed how Illuminati scenes were filmed compared to the rest of Doctor Strange 2. He explained that whilst himself, Patrick, and Chimatel were filming scenes on their own, Krasinski's scene was the last edition as his contract wasn't even done. Is this even further evidence for Krasinski's future with the MCU? Thanks for bringing on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that. in. I... I my both my inbox and my news feed was flooded with Krasinski has signed a multi-film deal with Marvel and it's like R- really and you you'll go and you start to track you start to vet the sources and you start to go back to where is this coming from and it all comes from this one interview where Anson Mount basically mentioned I'm just summing it up saying like that scene of the Illuminati and Doctor Strange almost none of those guys were actually there together Like a couple of them were, but like Patrick Stewart wasn't there when those scenes were shot. John Krasinski wasn't there when their scenes were shot. Like even though they're all up there together, they never actually shot it together. This is all post-production magic, putting them all in there. And one of the throwaway throwaway lines from Anson Mount was, Krasinski hadn't even signed the contract yet. They they didn't have a deal yet for him to appear in the movie. So what people have done is what we as fans do. We have taken that one little bit of information and made it into something it was never intended to be, which is this confirms that they were in the middle of deep negotiations for a long-term contract for him to be Reed Richards. And as much as I am looking forward, and I still believe there is a chance that John Krasinski is our Reed Richards. I, I do believe that's very feasible, but this ain't it. Actually, it was pointed out really well by the folks over at Forbes. This is what they had to say about this situation. The only thing Mount means here is that everyone who showed up for this role is going to have some sort of contract in place. And Krasinski's wasn't done yet. A contract does not mean a multi-year, multi-film contract and could easily just be for this specific scene. Kevin Feige has come out and said he specifically got Krasinski for the cameo to fulfill a fan casting dreams, implying that may have been all it was. This quote absolutely does not confirm that Krasinski is on board for more. Not at all. And, and I think they sum that up very yeah. well. I think that makes a very good case. Now, look, you can forgive somebody for reading Anson Mount's comment quickly and going, well, what was the holdup with his contract? What was so complicated about Krasinski's contract that wasn't complicated about it? I get it. Sure. But to make that leap from 
Anson Mount making some quick comment to confirmed John Krasinski is a multi is a stretch. And again, this is not me saying, I want to emphasize this, that John Krasinski is not going to be our Reed Richards. You guys know, I believe that's still a very valid chance. But this, this ain't it. Like, this isn't the, the smoking gun that tells us that that's what's happening here. Anyway, Chris, you saw these comments, mm-hmm. heard these things. I mean, it is interesting that he was yeah. the last one to sign, but... What do you take away from this? Absolutely. I mean, could that mean he is making a negotiation to talk about other films? Absolutely. As could any of these actors, though, right? And I'm right. sure their teams are really hoping they do more Marvel films because who doesn't want some of that cheddar, right? But this is what we do as fans and, and also, I mean, within the YouTube sphere, right? We're looking for that fried gold nugget that we can cling to and talk about and report on with so much confidence. And all we can do is just say, maybe that's what's happening. Or maybe he was just in one film. We can't say anything because we weren't in the room where it happened. At some point, we will find out who our read is, and that'll be fine. Whichever actor they pick, I like Krasinski, but whoever they end up going with, I'm fine with either way. He also pointed out, too, that you know Patrick Stewart wasn't in the room with them. He was off shooting Picard. Mm-hmm. And so they had to actually, they actually had different actors stand in. It's like, well, we'll see what happens. If we have to use these guys, we'll use them. If, if we have to do deep fake on their faces or if we can just edit in whatever. It's actually really fun to read how they pulled this together. Reminds me a lot of watching that Light and Magic documentary, actually. <laughs> anyway, Rob, you read this story. What is your takeaway from this? Well, I think just what Forbes said. And when you listen to what Anson Matt was saying, like it was thrown together. You know, I mean, not thrown together, but this was like, they didn't plan this way in advance. And when they probably got John Krasinski in, it takes time to get contracts written. Like they probably were on a shooting schedule. It's like, look, we need to shoot this now. And we have to, on good faith, we have a contract in place. We, we know the basic deal. We just haven't, he hadn't signed it yet. This happens, you know, it's not something that's, um, that's that it's not surprising to me. But it, uh, like you said, John, it doesn't mean that he has a multi-deal contract with Disney to star in multiple Fantastic Four films. I mean, that's a that is a huge leap to make, um, because I think that would be celebrated. John oh, yeah. Krasinski signs multi-nine-picture yeah. deal with Marvel. I mean, that would be all over the trades. Agreed. Well, guys, question is for you. What did you think about this? Did you read this? Did your thoughts go off? Do you still think Krasinski could? be our Reed Richards. I think there's still a chance, but whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This one comes from James. Looks like the gloves are off regarding Stallone Uh and Rocky. Following the news that Creed 3 has pushed its release date to 3-3-23 and a Draco spinoff is in active development, Stallone let it fly on his Instagram, blasting the Winklers on the Drago, uh, Drago news. He even takes a shot at his friend uh, Lundgren in the post. Do you think it's wrong of Stallone to be so public about his anger over all this? And do you think that the public bashing from Rocky himself will hurt Creed 3 and future Rockyverse projects? All right. Thanks for sending that in, James. And yeah, we were talking the other day about you know, Stallone kind of went public about he wants the rights given back to him and and all this kind of stuff on Rocky. And then he believes like he wants something to leave to his children. So he wants his Rocky rights back. And it's like, well, leave money to your children. Yeah, Lots and lots of money that you have made off this franchise over the year. At any rate, of course, then last week, news came out that they're developing a Drago movie. And whether or not this actually happens, we'll see. It's in development, so so we'll see if it actually comes to be. 
Well, one of the people who was really surprised to hear about this Drago news was Sylvester Stallone, being completely shocked by it. And he got on social media and just went off on it. This comes to us from the folks over at The Hollywood Reporter who are writing about this and said this. Stallone said, another heartbreaker hearing about Drago. Just found this out. Once again, pathetic 94-year-old producer and his selfish, useless children are once again picking what is left off the bones of another wonderful character. Stallone wrote about Drago. Seriously? How do you weasels look in the mirror? The star continued. I am sorry to the fans. I apologize to the fans. I never wanted Rocky to be exploited for this greed. Uh, hashtag no shame. Hashtag sad day. Hashtag parasite. He also referenced Lundgren in the post by writing Dolph. Why? Not a phone call? All right. There are, let me preface all this by saying I have been my whole life and continue to be a massive Sylvester Stallone fan. Actually, I've got an editorial video coming up in the next couple of months about why Oscar is awesome. Oscar is one of the most underrated comedies of all time. I thought Sylvester I was the only one here that liked Oscar. I love Oscar. <laughs> that movie is balls. I love it. It's so good. Anyway, we'll save that for the video. I am a huge Stallone fan. I still am. Always will be my whole life. That said, Stallone's position here is iffy. Number one, he made business deals that he has profited from greatly over the years. And, you know, while Rocky is absolutely identified with Sylvester Stallone, he doesn't own it. And getting on social media screaming, give it back to me, is not a good rationale about why somebody should give it back to you. But there's two things in particular that kind of sat wrong with me. One, Stallone says, you know, oh my gosh, I can't, the greed, the no shame, they're picking the bones of this thing, another cash grab. Sly, you made six yep. Rocky movies, number of which many thought never should have been made. With Erwin Winkler. Yeah, with Erwin Winkler. By the way, I, I, I love all of them, Sly, I love all of them. But you made six Rocky movies, and then you made two Creed movies. But now it's greed. Now that they're going to do Drago, now they're picking. You made eight Rocky movies, eight Rocky universe movies. But now this is the one that goes too far. This is, oh, now it's greed. Now it's picking at the bones. Dude, again, you made eight of this, these things. Also, if you know me, you know one of my big pet peeves is when people use social media instead of picking up a fucking phone and calling somebody. Dolph Lundgren is not a stranger to Sylvester Stallone. Dolph Lundgren is not just some personality out there that Sly doesn't know. They've been friends for decades. Sylvester, if you've got an issue with Dolph Lundgren, don't get on social media. You say in your post, no phone call? Well, how about you, Sly? How about instead of just getting on social media and blasting out, at somebody, why don't you just pick up a damn phone? You know the guy. You've got it. He's on your speed dial. Just pick up the phone and call him. Don't get on social. I, I, it's, it just bothers. To me, it is the hallmark of the week for somebody to get on social media and use that to blast. People they know, they just pick up the phone and talk to them. But anyway, that, that part bothers me a lot. But again, 
I, I just, I, I am a Stallone fan. I love Stallone. But a lot of this is very questionable to me, his approach to this. And I don't know what he thinks is going to happen. Does he think that a 94-year-old, well, he's actually 91 apparently, that a 91-year-old producer who's been in this business for decades and decades and decades going, well, this, this actor is being real mean to me on social media. I should just give him his property back. Ain't going to happen. What does he think is going to happen here? So I, I, and you ask at the end of the thing, do I think this could hurt like the, the box office or the performance of these movies? It could. If Stallone gets out there, and starts campaigning, like the face of Rocky gets out there and starts campaigning against these movies. Yeah, it's going to hurt business. I can't help but wonder if he maybe he's positioning himself for a lawsuit. I mean, I again, I, I don't know. But this doesn't feel good to me, especially coming from a guy that I like so much in Stallone. But we all have a bad day. Rob, you're seeing the 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 lashing out that he's doing here. What did you make this latest one that he did? Well, first of all, I got to say, I, too, am a lifelong Sylvester Stallone fan. I mean, hell, I went and saw Victory four times, his <laughs> movie made with Pele. A lot of people still think that's his best movie. I love that movie. And I, I loved him as Machine Gun Joe Viterbo and. Paul Bartel's Death Race 2000, the original. <laughs> so I, I, I love Stallone. I don't understand this at all because, you know, no one was going to make Rocky with his script and with him in the lead role. But Erwin Winkler and Robert Chardoff did. You know, and it's not, it's not what you deserve. It's what you negotiate. When they made Rocky, they had no idea that it would become the movie it became. I mean, maybe they suspected it could, but nobody knew. Not only, I mean, it's... To make one movie that gets, wins the Oscar for Best Picture, but to make a whole universe over the course of almost 50 years now. And let's let's not forget that Rocky allowed, I mean, Paradise Alley and Fist, the movies he made post-Rocky that weren't great. He got to make Rambo, five of those. He got to make The Expendables, three of those. And don't forget, Stop and My Mom Will Shoot. Stop and My don't Mom Will Shoot. That and one. by the Only way, the greatest, <laughs> the greatest awesome bad studio picture ever <laughs> the specialist with sylvester stallone and sharon stone and i swear to god in the shower scene they have together you're looking at sylvester stallone's muscles instead of sharon stone's beautiful body and that is a feat unto itself <laughs> i mean the guy like i don't know i i really don't understand this beef that he has and by the way you know what there is the drago movies in active development why should dolph lundgren call him Maybe Dolph Lundgren had to sign an NDA and say, I can't say anything about this till the deal's done. By the way, just to point out, Dolph Lundgren has come out and said, hey, listen, I was under the impression that Sly was attached to this as a producer. Yep. Uh, sure. And, and, and Dolph Lundgren, by the way, has publicly come out and said, I have reached out and talked to, to Sly. So apparently they have spoken now. So just, mm -hmm. just throwing that yeah, out Yeah, yeah. But I think that it's, 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 this is Hollywood, man. And if you want to, if he had been a hard ass and said, I need to own the Rocky character from now until the end of time the movie never would have been made there would be no rocky movies unless sylvester stallone signed the deal that he signed this is an anomaly in all of hollywood history this has never happened before i mean there are other people that got screwed out of their movies like roland emmerich and dean devlin don't own any of the stargate tv shows even though they created stargate this is this is what happens but it's so rare and Stallone, of all people, is a very smart guy. His entire career, and he's had a great, great career. He's making another Expendables movie, and he's 74 years old. I mean, what's he bitching about? Yeah. Samaritan looks great. Like, Yeah, he's got Samaritan. <laughs> I like the look of Samaritan. Samaritan looks I, awesome. I think it looks I mean, really fun. He's, got, he, he's in the new, he's in uh, Tulsa King. He's got a show, yeah. What, what, 
I mean, the guy is getting paid from but now the until children. Here's the question, though, too. It's it's business. If you really want some rights to Rocky, go make an offer. Buy right. him back. Right, exactly. Buy him back. You you got a lot of money. Anyway, Chris, you're seeing this. What what comes out to you the most when you read this? I mean, it feels like a lot of double standards, doesn't it? Because Winkler has is selfish and his children are selfish and useless. But I need to leave something for my children who are very, very capable and deserving. <laughs> if a project involves... They have a great podcast, by the it, way. Two of his daughters have they're a the best. podcast. Yeah. That, and, you know, the, there's more story to tell if he's involved in it. But if he's not, they're then picking the we're picking the bones. So that all is very interesting to me. And I, I agree with you. The best way to do things is open communication, right? And don't get me wrong. I love just eating some popcorn, watching a Twitter feud seeing somebody post things like I know exactly who needs to know this but <laughs> like we'll just talk to them but telephones work both ways so it shouldn't have taken a, po- a a social media post that is fraught with internet yelling and accusatory <laughs> notions to one of his friends for something to come from this right I'm so glad Dolph picked up the phone I'm so glad that he you know set the record straight on his social I know that Sylvester took down his initial post, too. So hopefully this is all getting sorted. But yeah, if you want the rights to something, go make a business deal. That's how business happens. It doesn't happen because you sit at home bitching and moaning and hope that your fans rally behind you. It's going to take some cash, buddy. And you got it. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? And and do you ultimately think that if Stallone decides to mount and continue a big anti-everything Rocky campaign that it could hurt the future. Could it hurt Creed 3? Could it hurt a Drago movie if it gets made at all? Or maybe it's much ado about nothing. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. You know, uh, we are content creators ourselves around here. And one of the organizations that I have used and loved using all the time is the our friends who are a sponsor of today's episode over at Storyblocks. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Storyblocks. Guys, I have been an enthusiastic fan and user of Storyblocks for years. I go to them whenever I'm in need of content creation assets like royalty-free music, video clips, or templates for my creative projects, ranging anywhere from little editorial videos to my very own full-feature documentary. Storyblocks helps you bring your stories, videos, and projects to life without sacrifices due to time, budget, or access to resources. They have over 1 million different story assets, ranging from stock videos, audio and music, an in-browser video editor, and they feature pre-designed templates, animations, and outros. Storyblocks uses an affordable subscription model and their unlimited access plans offers, well, unlimited video and audio downloads rather than a costly pay-per-clip model. With Storyblocks, you'll be able to create more content and more importantly, better content, all while using a subscription plan that fits your budget, utilizing unlimited downloads of demand-driven and diverse content. So if you're interested in upping your content creation game, head over to W www.storyblocks.com slash campia and get started today. That's www.storyblocks.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Storyblocks for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This is from Brian Fitzgibbons. Hey, John, I admit I never saw the Batman in theaters and I had heard they were doing a Penguin spinoff show on HBO, which I thought was a laughable idea until I saw the movie. Then I was really excited for the show. However, I just heard that Matt Reeves won't direct it. This kills some of my excitement for it. Were you surprised to hear Reeves won't personally oversee this new show? 
All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And yeah, listen, the Batman, Matt Reeves is the Batman with Robert Pattinson. Still, now that we're in, what are we in now? August? August. Now that we're in August is still my number two best movie of the year. Number one is still Everything Everywhere All at Once, which has become A24's biggest thing. My third favorite is The Northman, but the Batman still remains after seeing a lot of great movies this year. My number two favorite. And one of the biggest surprises was Colin Farrell Cobblepot, <laughs> the Penguin. He, he was dynamic. <laughs> and he just soaked up the energy on the screen when he's there. And it's like he was incredible in the role. I particularly love it like when Batman and Gordon get him and they got him tied up like that whole dialogue it's like i because i'm like <laughs> you we heard whispers of this show before the movie ever came out it's like really you're gonna do a spinoff of penguin all right and then like you when i saw the movie i'm like this can't get here fast enough oh my god i want to watch this now you're right Colin Farrell just recently confirmed that Matt Reeves will not be directing any of the Cobblepot thing. But don't fret because his fingerprints are going to be all over it. This comes to us from the folks over at CBR writing the following. And they're quoting Colin Farrell here. And Colin Farrell said this. Matt's up to his bollocks, you know, hovering over the keyboard and just planning the story because he's just so meticulous, Farrell said in an interview with Entertainment Tonight. He's so obsessive about what he does, but he's all over HBO Max's The Penguin series as well. I mean, he's not going to direct it, but he is all over the structure of the scripts and who's going to direct them. And so it's exciting. And that to us, again, comes to us from the folks at CBR and Kellen Farrell. And that really is bottom line, the most important thing, because yeah. I don't think many of us thought Matt Reeves would direct the series, maybe direct the premiere the first episode is we quite often see stuff like that. But, okay, he's not going to do that. No worries. We are going to feel Matt Reeves' presence all over this. He is pouring over it. He's apparently obsessed with it. He's going to be handpicking the directors who are going to do it. So while I would have been probably a little bit more excited if we were to hear the unlikely scenario that Matt Reeves was going to direct the whole thing himself, he is a little busy. I think I don't feel at all worried about it because clearly this is still getting a whole ton of his attention. He's going to have his fingerprints all over it. So I feel like it's still in good hands. And if Colin Farrell's excited about it because he's very picky about the projects he's in these days. That makes me feel good. Rob, you hear about this. Are you worried at all that Matt Reeves isn't going to be directing this thing? No, I mean, I, I didn't necessarily, like you said, I didn't think he was going to be directing it. I figured he'd be producing it. And if he's working on the scripts, after all, we always say this is HBO. You know, HBO has an incredible stable of directors that have worked on whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's The Sopranos, whether it's uh, what, take your pick, uh, whatever. HBO shows have an incredible uh, pedigree of people that know how to make these kinds of shows. Yeah. And as long as you have uh, Matt Reeves overseeing the vision, you mm -hmm. know, of what, what he, the tone of it all. I think the show's in good hands. HBO's not going to want to make a show that's anything less than excellent from this, and neither is Colin Farrell. And you know, it's a limited, it's a limited series. I think it's what six episodes. Is it? I can't, I can't remember how many episodes. I mean, you know, be. I've been watching, um, I've been watching um, Blackbird. I bet you there won't be thirty minute episodes. Though. No, they won't. I've been watching Blackbird on on Amazon or on uh, Apple. Apple Plus, yeah. and it's a again, it's a beautifully made show, and it's only six episodes. And I'm thinking, my God, if they could do. This miniseries format, like this six-episode format, that's all like one really well-constructed story. Dennis Lehane, who's an incredible novelist, has written all the scripts for Blackbird. I'm like, 
that's what you need. You know, you need somebody that a visionary, a great producer, whether it's a Matt Reeves who's sort of written the show and someone comes in and really knocks it out of the park. Uh, I think it could be great. I think this could be great. I'm really looking forward to this. I think Colin Farrell was amazing as the Penguin. He's going to chew this up. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I, I, delving into the underbelly and, and also the organized crime, I'm really looking forward to seeing what does organized crime look like in, in Gotham. And you know, mm. We've pointed this out too, but a, a lot of film fans, you remember too, that the difference between a series and movies in movies, the director is the most responsible person for the overall quality. In television, it's not. It's the right. showrunners, Showrunner. right? And so that's why, it, also for me, it's not that big of a concern right now. But anyway, Chris, you hear this. Number one, are you interested at all in this Penguin series? Hell yes. Was there any difference between before the movie came out and then after you saw the movie? And are you worried at all that Matt Reeves isn't going to be directing it? Definitely once I saw the film, I went, oh, okay, I get it. I want so much more of this guy. And like my colleague here, I want so much of that seedy underworld of Gotham. I yes. want to dive into that. And honestly, Matt Reeves taking this approach to the show makes me feel more comfortable. I'm happy for him to be the kind of orchestrator over everything, the maestro. I want him show running. I don't want him directing this because I don't want to water down the next Batman film. I want there to be a nice cohesion here. But I like a leader who can delegate. And it seems like that's what he's doing. Look at that makeup. Oh, it's so it's still good. Crazy. It's, it's so good. Like, I, I, after seeing the movie seven times, oh. I still look. I forget at it's him. him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm so no, that's that no, that's Colin well, Farrell under This there? makeup artist is incredible. They're also doing uh the work for Sebastian Stan's new film where he has that kind of Yes, yeah. Oh the, my the, gosh. Yeah, work. So, I mean, this work is incredible and Colin Farrell just kills it. He completely transforms in this role. Right? He, he was he was probably one of my surprisingly favorite parts of the movie. I mean, I liked every time he was on screen. The problem with the series is they got to find a way for me to care about this character. Because That's a good point. Because if there's no Batman, how would you get me to watch the next episode? Next episode, I guess that's the showrunner's job. So yeah. I guess, well, I guess we'll find out. But as far as the character in the movie, that movie would wouldn't be as good if he wasn't in it. As as hard as that, as weird as that is to say, the way he played Penguin, just like I was entertained by him. You raise a great point because. The, the the notion of doing a Batman world show that does not have Batman in it. Now, there was mixed results when they did Gotham on Fox, right? Sometimes it was quite good. Sometimes it really wasn't, whatever. So can they do it here? I think that's going to be one of the keys to pulling it off. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Are you worried at all that Matt Reeves won't be directly directing the episodes of Penguin. Are you even looking forward to Penguin? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm insanely excited for it. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number five. Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? This is the one above Al or AI. I can't tell on there. Oh, the one above Al. There we go. Unpopular opinion, but I'm worried that Black Adam is in real trouble. Dwayne Johnson just headlined another DC Comics property with Super Pets, and it completely underperformed. From what I read, it needs like over $200 million to break even, and it just barely got $40 million worldwide. Does this indicate that DC fans just aren't feeling Johnson in DC? Could Black Adam be in real trouble? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in. And much like the whole John Krasinski contract stuff, I saw a lot of stuff filling my social media feeds and stuff like that is, I think Black Adam's in trouble. Now look, 
just like the Krasinski thing, where you can say, okay, no, I get it, why it piques your interest at first. You know, Krasinski, oh, he was the last one there, was taking a while to get his contract. I get it with the Black Adam stuff, because it is a DC property that is spearheaded and stars, although in vo voice form, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and it came out, had a had a decent, not an overwhelming, but about a $40 million marketing budget from what I understand, so a decent marketing budget. So it had a lot of push, and it it underperformed. I'm not going to say it completely flopped, but but it underperformed. And yes, I like the movie. I, I'm shocked as you are to hear me say <laughs> that, but I like the movie. I had a good time watching it. I'll, I might even watch it again. Uh, but but uh, that above. But, yeah. you know, it does raise a question. So people saying, well, does the results they had here, is this Bad Omens for Black Adam, another DC property spearheaded and starring on the star power of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is this something that we should be concerned about? As a matter of fact, the folks over at IndieWire wrote the following in really highlighting how this didn't do so well with Superfats. By comparison, that's less than a quarter of the opening gross, the, the box office results for uh, Superfats. It's less than a quarter of the opening for Minions, The Rise of Gru, another animated Universal title, uh, and last spring's The Bad Guys that cost $90 million less and opened to $1 million more. The Bad Guys <laughs> had a bigger opening than Super Pets. The Bad Guys. The Bad Guys was a good movie. I I'm not saying it wasn't, but who cared about The Bad Guys? And it had a better opening than Super Pets. So I think you'd be forgiven to say, this does not look good for Black Adam, except I don't agree with that statement. And here's why. This movie, remember how I just told you that I was not expecting to like it? I don't think anybody was expecting to like it <laughs> outside of this room because it had a terrible marketing campaign. Terrible. What killed this movie was not that it was DC, was not that it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson leading that. What made that, what sunk this movie was the reason I went into it completely expecting not to like it because it had terrible trailers. They didn't market it right. Mm -hmm. This is a comedy. You got to put into your marketing the fact that if you come, you're going to laugh. I never grinned at any of the trailers here. And so when I'm sitting in the movie theater with Ray and Ann, and I'm watching this movie, I was shocked how often I was laughing out loud. And I'm like, why wasn't this in the trailer? I don't know, And you know what the worst part of the marketing was? If not the best character of that movie, I didn't even know they were in there. Like, I didn't see them in the trailer or whatever. Um, uh, Kate McKinnon's character. Oh yeah, the she's game. not in the trailers at Other all. Than a quick, a quick shot here yeah, and there. Yeah, you just see right. her. Yeah, you just see her basic. And you're right; she almost steals the movie. She's incredibly funny. the The movie is filled with delightful, charming, funny, laugh out loud moments. I, I'm not saying the movie's great, but <laughs> I had a good time yeah. watching it. And I'm just sitting there watching it. And I'm thinking, number one, holy hell, I'm laughing a lot in this movie. And number two, why wasn't any of this in the trailers? Because they put the most mundane, boring crap in the trailers. So look, while I get it that you that your mind would would jump to making some comparisons between this and Black Adam, I get it. DC Properties, spearheaded and starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I, I get it. I do. But 
the, I do not believe that had anything to do with it. I really honestly think as somebody who ended up liking the movie and shocked that I did, it had everything to do with the marketing of it. This looked bad. Black Adam looks good. And you know, if Black Adam comes out and underperforms and, and falls on its face, maybe then we'll re-examine the, mm -hmm. some connections between them. But I honestly think it's a night and day difference. This one had terrible trailers. The Black Adam one does not. Although they have been the best trailers for Black Adam. They, they, we still don't even know who ultimately he's fighting in this movie. So they got to <laughs> right. get around to that. It's a long buildup. Long <laughs> buildup to that. But still, I do not believe there's any reason to be concerned about Black Adam because of the performance of Super Pets. Anyway, Rob, you see this. I mean, again, I think you can forgive somebody. You know, there's a couple of big similarities between the two projects. But do you think there's worry reason to be concerned for Black Adam? No, not at all, as a matter of fact. And I would go so far as to say... Maybe this is sacrilege, but I don't think anyone particularly cares who voices what character in an animated film. What they're seeing, what they're asking to see is the animated film. Yep. And the reason that, that and it's great. I mean, I understand why people, the, from a marketing standpoint, it's great to have celebrity voices as long as they're great and good for the parts. But when people go see animated movies, it's all about the characters. It's all about the characters and, and the story. And I think that the problem with this and I will use myself as somebody when I first heard this movie was coming out, I thought it was made for small, little children, like, like great animated films. We have learned the, the Pixar movies are, anim, uh, are directed toward everybody, but there are certain, the minions uh, movies are sort of directed at everyone. When parents are looking, if you're a parent, you've got kids and you're looking at a trailer for something like the bad guys, or you're looking at super pets, what would you as a parent rather take your kids to see? And if you're going to sit with them and watch a movie, you're going to watch something that you want to be more palatable to yourself in addition to have your kids love it. Super Pets, in my mind, I'm like, I much rather would have seen the bad guys than Super Pets because it looks like it was made for, even like you said, the trailers, there's nothing for me to watch. And if I'm taking my kids, I want to watch something we can enjoy together. And I think the thing, the Super Pets marketing was terrible, and also it seems like the whole premise of it was for children. Like, there's a lot of animated films that have like Zootopia. I mean, I when I watched Zootopia, I love that movie. Yeah, so good. it yeah. was so good. So good. And I went at, like, like this movie. I'm like, I'm a superhero. I've been reading comics since I was a kid. I looked at this trailer. I'm like, I'm not going to go see that. And I should. There should be a vestige of my childhood in it. Going, I I love crypto. Why wouldn't I go see this movie? Well, I didn't want to see it. And there's a lot in there that adults will laugh at. Yeah, well, they stuff in it that will just gonna yeah. go right over. And I think, go right over kids' heads. Actually. I Perfect. think that's what undercut this. They did not tell their adult audience that have has kids that this movie has stuff in it for them too. It's for the whole family. Mm -hmm. Yep, right. everybody can enjoy this movie. Yep. Anyway, Chris, you're looking at this. Super Pets is underperformed. Do you think with the similarities with Black Adam? that that should cause any concern for fans or Warner Brothers themselves about the possible performance of Black Adam. No, it's apples and animated oranges. It's yep. completely different, <laughs> very right? Very well put. And within DC Comics themselves, right, there are very, very dark, grisly adult stories, and there's lighthearted, fun romps that are enjoyed by people of all ages, right? I do agree with you guys that the trailers here did not do a good setup for everyone on this. But echoing what Rob was saying, 
I think we really banked on the celebrity voices here. Gizmodo did a great article on this, actually, about the celebrity voiceover trend. And I shouldn't be more interested in who's voicing the character than the character themselves. Absolutely. Your job as a voice artist is to breathe life into that, right? If we're doing something like this, if we're going back to traditional animation, right, it's two two dimensions and you're the third dimension. You are breathing life into it. And your job is to serve that. It's acting void of its vanity, right? Which is how all acting should be. But in this case in particular, right? And so... That's the big dropping bombs. That's one of the big differences here too between the the bad guys in this film is that talent budget is probably tremendous for this. And I will say there are on camera actors who do a beautiful job of voicing animated characters. Ben Schwartz, uh, Keith David. You know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson has been nothing but so so like impressed by voice actors and very very encouraging of people doing that kind of work and talking about how hard it is but i do think when that eclipses the actual story and characters you're trying to tell you've got a problem and you need to go back to the drawing board you know what's funny when dwayne johnson did maui mm-hmm. in, moana, in moana i didn't hear dwayne the rock johnson i all i saw he he made this maui character come to life with a lot of rockisms yeah. absolutely but i but he's a beautiful Super job Pets, all I could see was The Rock's face whenever Crypto was talking. All I could hear was Kevin Hart's. All I could see was Kevin Hart's face as as the dog was talking. Because I think you're right. They they completely put the impetus on who's doing the voices instead of the characters themselves. Yeah. And I think that you're. I think you're right. I think that's one of the things that hurt too. But again, I I, I don't think any of us up here think this has anything to do with. How good or not good Black Adam's going to do. I love the way you said it's apples to animated oranges. One had horrible trailers. One has pretty good trailers. So, yeah. Can I ask you something? Let's go. Let's just go to Black Adam since that's coming up. Do you think we will get the reveal of the villain before the movie comes out? They better. Because look, look what happened with Justice League, right? When the Justice League theatrically first came out, we were all like, "Um, okay, um, the granddaddy of all superheroes is Superman. And he's in this movie. He's in a good chunk of this movie. And they didn't put him in any of the trailers or in any of the posters. And then a week after the movie came out, they realized, huh, yeah, this has hurt us. And all of a sudden they remade the poster and put Superman in the poster. (laughs) And then they put out new commercials, but it was a little bit too little too late. And I think... I mean, whether the missing element here is Henry Cavill as <laughs> Superman, I don't know. We've already got two trailers, though, right? We've two already got two trailers. trailers. I, I think there is more to come. They're going to do more marketing. But they they better start telling us what the movie's about. Yep. Yeah. Okay, we get it. We know who Black Adam. They're telling us a little bit about Black Adam in it. But we have no idea what this movie's about. And if Blade Runner 2049 taught us anything, you may have a great movie on your hands. But if you don't tell the audience what the movie's about, you're asking for trouble. So the answer to your question, Ray, is it's a great question. They better. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so too. They better. So, and again, it doesn't have to be Henry Cavill. <laughs> I'm just saying, although it would be great if it was. But, uh, but again, you know, there's that. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think? I, I mean, I get it if you're trying to draw comparisons because it's a DC property being spearheaded and starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I, I get it. Personally, I think they're two completely different situations most of us do but how do you see it whatever your thoughts are jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there okay guys with that down we are now boom opening up the super chats if you've got a thought comment opinion theory question that you want us to read out and address 
Now's your chance to do it. Jump on into the Super Chats. However, don't forget, we only leave them open for a couple of minutes. So if you've got one of those thoughts, get it in quick and fire it in now. But before we start reading those off, we want to get over and thank another sponsor of today's episode of the John Campia Show. They've been a sponsor of us for a long time. We love them, the good folks at Stamps.com. We want to thank the sponsor of this video, Stamps.com. Now, guys, you don't need me to tell you that running a business, no matter how big or small, is an incredible stress. It feels like you need five of you for all the different directions you're being pulled in. And with all that, who's got time to go to the post office? Having to drop everything that you're doing to make a run to the post office is a major pain and drain on your day, especially when you've got more important things to do, like running your business. So stop mailing and shipping the hard way. Stamps.com is your 24-7 post office that you can access from everywhere. Skip the headache with Stamps.com. Stamps.com gives you access to all of the post office and UPS shipping services that you need right from your computer and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 30% off USPS rates and 86% off UPS. Stamps.com just makes your life easier, guys. You're up and running in minutes, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. So guys, don't mail and ship the hard way. Sign up with Stamps.com today. Sign up with the promo code CAMP for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code CAMPIA. And a big thank you to our friends at stamps.com. Guys, they make your life easier for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right. With that down, let's get on over and start hearing from our viewers. Ray, let's start off with our channel members. What do our channel members have right. to say? Santez Henderson writes, love the show, guys. And Ray, when I grow up, I want to be like you. Every, you know how many people write to me almost every day and say, Ray Orr is my spirit animal. <laughs> it's just, he's like uh, the most famous guy on the show now. All right, okay. what's next? Aaron Ep Epstein says, happy birthday, Ray. Ladies, show the birthday boy some love, kisses, and hot toys. You know, <laughs> money could get me that. <laughs> you know, for years, we've had people asking me for years if we can set up a P.O. box so they can send us stuff. And oh, oh, I have always resisted that. He wants to send you something. To, yeah, uh, I mean, I've always resisted that. Uh, I've always resisted setting up a P.O. box so people could send us stuff. I, I don't know. There's something. I, I don't know. I don't quite. I, I'm not saying I can't get over this. I just feel funny our viewers sending us things. Yeah, you know yeah. What I, mean? I, 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 I feel the same way. But the, the guy who messaged me was saying something about uh, the something with socks or a cat with the wet, so wet socks, something like he found something. Does light your cat? Uh, some, some, Why some, would I care about anything? That I don't know. It sounded cat. like a children's book. I just forgot the name. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you cat after with the show. wet socks. I don't know. Sound, doesn't okay. sound like what I'm going to rush out to read. All right, what do we got next? <laughs> Bailey Fuller writes, Hey, crew. Happy birthday, Ray. Love the show. Rob looks like a modern-day Kevin Nash from NWO. Oh, yeah. I do. That. I'll Just take it. a little bit longer I hair. Take it. Yeah. There is a Kevin Nash look there, isn't do there? We all, do we know if there's any news on the Peacemaker Season 2 or spinoff show? By the way, who, who wrote that? Uh, Bailey Fuller. Um, no, but you know what's funny that you... You mentioned that. First of all, Cena's got a lot of stuff coming up, so they'll, they'll shoot that whenever. Um, the guy who was the, the Terminator... Uh, and was played his dad. Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick was just on Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You podcast. It's so good. And he talked a lot about working with John Cena. And it, it's funny hearing him gush about what a truly 
wonderful guy. They say he is Aww. off screen. He talked about how he brought his son to a WWE match where John, John Cena like, was in the middle of one of his moves, came out, took the hat off his head, reached over, and he said he put the hat on my son's head. He said it was like the greatest moment of my son's life. He goes, <laughs> but you got to understand, that's not a moment. He said, that's who John Cena is. And I love, I've never met John Cena. I've never met him either. And I've always wanted to hate him because of his wrestling persona. Right. But all this outside stuff, you you can't hate him. He does, he's, he does charity work almost as many days a year as he works. Some of those videos on YouTube are yeah. very heartwarming. Pretty ins sure. inspirational. But, but no, no information yet on when they're going to start shooting that. Okay. All right, what's it, next? Ishmael Montoya writes, hello guys, supporting the channel is a pleasure. By the way, that Andor show has me more excited than the Lord of the Rings. Ooh, it's so good to see the cast of Rogue One. I'd love to see Admiral Th Thrawn somehow. Um, I don't think we're going to see that in this show. You never know. Uh, look, I'm not going to lie. I am still more interested in the Lord of the Rings show. I'm still more interested in the Game of Thrones show. But I mean, this all the trailers look great, but this has really got my blood pumping. So let's see how good it can be. All right, what's next? All right, uh, Corbin C., uh, writes happy birthday ray doobies plus gin for all let's hear that funny story if you haven't told her already much love to the entire crew thanks for all you do what was the funny story okay real quick i don't like depth on my credit cards right so i try to pay one off saturday morning uh and i did it's it was four figures it's paid off anyways that night my Damn, my my neighbor oh. right my neighbor uh was flying up north because he lost his job so he has to go away for three months he, is that I what happens over, in this in in California? If you lose your job, you have to go away for three well, months. Well, no, no, he went up north because he his cousin had a job for him. Okay, perfect. Anyway, so he had some funny stuff, and I said, "Okay, you're last night. Let's 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 fine." I was loaded going home, and I went to sleep. <laughs> and in my dream, I dreamt I was paying my bills. At least I thought. <laughs> this morning, I noticed another charge of me paying PayPal. So I called them. I'm like, I accidentally um, charged or, or, or sent money twice. They're like, the only way we could uh, pay you back is through checks. So take five to 15 days. So I don't have any money in my bank. So in your, so in your I fever, I was loaded sleeping. state, I, you paid something. I, paid, I thought I was sleeping. I paid some. So if I called you on Saturday night asking if you want your taxes done i'm sorry <laughs> i probably did them but anyways okay let's go on to the next all right what's story wowzers <laughs> sketchcraft john loves oscar hell oh, yeah most yeah. underrated comedy of the 90s even has an arlene sorkin cameo <gasps> voice of harley quinn doing the harley voice yeah pre harley quinn the original that's Fun just her cheese. voice yeah, the Fanucci's. We do you right. It's, oh my God, the movie's so funny. Anthony. It's so good. Hey, All right. What's next? Okay, what's next is Francisco Gomez Vega. Happy birthday to my man, the People's Champ, Rayora, and love for all. Co Colo Colo won the Chilean Super Classico. Good for them. Don't know what that is. All right, what's Sound next? I'm like a wrestler. Um, Shane Roxas writes This week I finally get my first hot toy. Or should I say toys? I'm getting the Zack Snyder's Justice League Nightmare Batman and Black Suit Superman dual pack. That's so freaking pumped. Ryan yeah. just got his. Ryan just got his. I'm, Did he get know. the dual pack as well? Yep. That, that Nightmare Superman, or Batman, I should say, looks yep. awesome. Did you order one, Ray? No, no, no. That, oh. No, Ryan, Ryan uh, my roommate, he had that on pre-order. He she showed me. He showed you know me what? it. I, I'm going to say amazing. something unpopular. Before the movie stuff. I've never really cared about the black suits. I still don't. I, I don't get why anybody thinks that looks particular. I think that classic, the one right there on your desk, 
That one, Jonathan, let's bring that up. That's great. That mm-hmm. is That's a great hot awesome toy. Looking. It's a great hot I, toy. I think it's 20 times better looking than the black oh, suit. I love that. So I've, not, I've just... I've never understood the fascination people have with the black suit Superman. Well, I personally. think because it goes back to the death of Superman storyline, and I, don't, I never was never big on it there either. That's the yeah. Thing. I I look. I I I have a whole nightmare uh, Justice League display because I've got Flash and I've got the Joker and I've got you know all the the, the nightmare Batman. So it's cool from that perspective. Right. And Superman's going to come kill them all. You know. <laughs> and that, so if you just do a nice display where Superman's about to kill everybody, it's kind of fun. All right, I got what's two, next? I got two more. One from AFA. He writes, Love you guys. Great show as always. I can't wait to watch Prey this week. Oh, man. I so want to watch Prey too. Can't wait. It's re- don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a top five movie of the year, but it's it's surprisingly good. I was I was quite surprised how good it is. All right, what's next? Okay, Tim Tim Platt writes, Kim's Convenience, Parks and Rec, and now Shit's Creek. You're officially my go-to source for sitcoms, John. Can't wait for Ted Lasso next. They are Ooh. some of the best shows ever. I mean, Kim's Convenience and Shit's Creek. I, I mean, Parks and Rec. I think I think is is officially my all time favorite. But Shit's Creek and Kim's Convenience are so good. If, if you guys have not started watching either of those, again, there's a reason why Shit's Creek two years ago won. It's the first time it's ever happened in Emmy history. It won every award. It won Best Director, Best Writer, Best Lead Actor, Best Lead Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Writing, Best Directing, it and Best Series. It, just, it swept every award. It's never happened before, and there's a reason for it. You got to go and check it out. And Kim's convenience is fantastic. You know, I haven't found anything I liked more than Malcolm in the Middle yet. That was like my my favorite show of all time. Anyways, V gifted um five membership. Oh, thank you, man, for doing that for for our other viewers. Thank you so much, man. That's always cool. When people do that. All right. With that down, let's go over to the Super Chats here. So, Chris, what do we got? We've got Mike's Movie Madness. Hey, Campia crew. I am so hyped for House of the Dragon, but I'm even more excited for the show to complete its entire run before uh, George R. R. Martin finishes the damn six book. <laughs> yeah, I think my grandchildren are going to be uh, running some things before we ever get that completely done. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that. But well pointed out. And, yeah, I'm super excited for the show. Cannot wait. That Comic-Con trailer was so freaking good. Mm-hmm. I, I still... I'm still, I'm in awe of it. I can't wait to see this show. All right, what's next? Okay, which way are we going up? This way? There we go, yeah. yeah. Okay. From Toji Victor. Watched Marcel the Shell and I loved it. It's got so much heart and emotion that I teared up a little bit at the end. Possible top five movie of the year. You know, I finally just got around to watching the trailer for it. And I'm like, So darling. This, I, I, I remember just yelling at my screen, stop it. This is so cute. Stop it. So have you seen the movie? I still have. I've been... You guys, I've been working seven days a week all this past month after COVID. Right. So it's, I'm very, very behind on my movies. Well, I, I, I'm actually looking forward to watching it myself. Mm-hmm. So once I get caught up on a number of other things I have to get caught up on, like I still haven't watched the most recent episode of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I got to watch it. Oh. Yep, I'm still behind on that one. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw, as a fan, my issue with Black Adam movie is that I'm confused about who the main villain is or what is the overarching story. I don't think he's the villain and there is somebody else. No, there is somebody. Let's put it this way. Take out, remove the word villain and say antagonist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who's the antagonist to, to Dwayne The Rock Johnson's protagonist, which is Black Adam in this? I mean, I get it. He is an antihero. So, but what is his main foil? What's going on in that? And other than the fact they're saying, oh, Black Adam's this bad dude who got a raw end of a deal and his son sacrificed. Okay, so we know who the character is. What's this movie about? And they've got to give us some of that, Ron. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The Justice Society of America is in it, so how do they fit in? Yeah. I mean, you know, 
uh, uh, Dr. Fate knows who he is. Like, you should be a better person. Like, okay. What are you going to do now that you're in the modern age? Yep. Take over the world? All right, what's next? From Josh Becker, I'm seeing Bullet Train tomorrow in a, uh, in Screen X. Ooh. I am also seeing Bullet Train tomorrow. <gasps> I, I Listen, I have been stoked about this since two years ago when they showed us the first little teaser for it a couple of years ago at CinemaCon. Mm-hmm. And then at this most recent CinemaCon a couple of months ago, they showed us, what, the first 15, 18 minutes of it? And But when it ended in the screen of black, we're like, no, 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 keep going. It's It looks so bonkers I fun. I can't wait. Oh, God, man. I am, We are so excited for this movie. Oh, I cannot wait. All right, what's next? From Tumbling Turdnado. <laughs> hey, C-Crew, checked out the Devotion trailer. Looks good. So Glenn Powell played a pilot in three movies now. Hidden Figures, Top Gun Maverick, and this. If he plays Johnny Storm, that'd be four. Fantastic four. Hello. <laughs> I have not seen... That's what the one with him and Jonathan Majors, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't seen the trailer for it this looks one good. Yet. I mean, it's, it looks good. It, I, there's some CG, a lot of CG aircraft stuff because it's a period piece, but it looks really good. I have, have you seen this trailer yet, Chris? Mm-mm. I just I read about it. I think yesterday, but I didn't have a chance to actually sit down and watch it. But I mean, I liked him very much. I obviously Jonathan Majors is a hot thing right now. So yeah, was, was that the same thing that we saw in the preview at that one? And now we saw it was like the planes. Like I, remember that, that? I haven't seen anything at CinemaCon. Yet. Oh, okay. Yes, I think it was. I think, okay. Did yeah. they show something for it at CinemaCon? Yeah, I think they did. It was in that was little, it part uh, of a montage. Yeah, of the montage. Other yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. That would explain because yeah. there was no dedicated thing to it. Right. All right, but I have myself not seen it yet. All right, what's next? From Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo, we're going to see you today. Yeah. We're going, by the way, Chef Rigo, we're going there today. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, I went to TGIF on Saturday, had mozzarella sticks, and you clever sick son of a bitch. Sour cream is the way to go. What? what? I don't told trust you. you. Oh my God. I don't trust you. I told you. And Chef Rigo has just backed it up. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And by the way, Chef, we are coming in there today. So hopefully you're going to be there. Yeah. And I'm telling, I'm telling you guys, I'm not steering you wrong. Try it. Next time you get those matzo sticks, it now has the Chef Rigo seal of approval. I Try it. You will <laughs> never go back. I can't believe you tried it. <laughs> you will never go back. I'm telling you. All right. Make your life better. Go try mozzarella sticks with sour cream mm-hmm. instead of marinara. No, You'll no never way. go back. No. All right, what's next? Ben Rainer sending in a $20 super chat. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Uh, loved your best worst episode last week. My best worst of Chris Evans. First non-MCU. Best not another uh, teen movie. Oh. Worst Silver Surfer. MCU Silver War. Worst or at least good Age of Ultron. I mean, I, I decided to go with movies that he was either the definitive lead or one of the top two or three uh, people in it, right? Uh, so, of course, for you, not another team movie was, was your worst, was oh. your designated worst. You know, a lot of people mentioned, you know, none of us mentioned train, or train spotting, um, uh, bullet, not bullet train, uh, uh, <laughs> Snowpiercer. None of us mentioned Snowpiercer. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little late to the Snowpiercer party when that movie came out. And everybody raved about it. And maybe that that had something to do with it. Because when I finally sat down and watched it, I got to admit, I'm not the biggest fan in the world of Snowpiercer. Like, I liked the movie. I did. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. But it it doesn't sit way up there for me like it does for a lot of people. I agree. And I thought about Snowpiercer, you know, because I was thinking about ensemble movies and science fiction. And it's obviously inspired a TV series. But I'm like you. I'm like, I like Snowpiercer. Yeah, I liked it. But it was I good. didn't love it. I, I'm totally with you on that. All right, what's next? From Attack of the Mushi, can Necromancer be successfully adapted? Okay, first of all, they've been 
for those of you who don't know, Neuromancer is William Gibson's 1984 science fiction novel. It is considered pretty much ground zero of the cyberpunk movement, even though Tron came before that and Blade Runner is really the inspiration. It's a huge movie. It's, a, I think, a difficult movie to adapt. I don't know if anyone can actually do it properly, and a lot of the ideas in it have been stolen from so many other movies and TV shows. I don't know. All right, what's next? Hold on. I got some bad news right now, John. Some Uh-oh. bad, bad news. Chef Rigo just messaged me and said he's not working today. And, to uh, go and he said a bunch of the rookies are working today. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But uh, uh, no, no, we've this done is this. the day. This is the day a knife gets flung at me. <laughs> <laughs> Chef, save me. All right. What's next? Chris Carr killed in a. That, that truly is my greatest fear. <laughs> and it's the rookies today. Oh, no. Accident. It's all. Oh, happened. gosh. Okay. Andy's sending in a $20 super chat. Thank Andy, you, Andy. I knew this was coming. I was watching clips of this today. <laughs> One of two. Saw the Riverdale season six finale last night, and <laughs> it was kind of wholesome until it reminded me that it's Riverdale. Season six has been supernatural meets Infinity Saga meets Glee. <laughs> Early on, I thought the craziest season six episode was when Tabitha gained the ability to travel through time, I believe is what it is. Here we go. Lost my mouse here. Here we go. Um, superpower to time travel by a hitman shooting her and had to describe that to her guardian angel. But it got more insane after <laughs> oh that. God. I'm now on vacation from the show. Please pray for me when season seven comes. It's it, Cheryl Blossom becomes the Scarlet Witch. It's ridiculous. There's they, they all siphon powers to her. I don't understand what the show is. How is this getting a season seven? It's the last I it season. Got canceled. This oh, is so the final seven, season. They said and seven. Supposedly, what's happening? Please correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I read. Is that now whatever magic-y, superpower-y thing Cheryl Blossom did. Now the last season's going to take place in the 1950s with them all as teenagers again, very much as their original uh, comic book characters. <laughs> like that design. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. That's hilarious. It has to be so fun to be a writer on the show because you can pitch anything. Listen, I. the only way you're going to get me remotely interested in this is if you say they're moving season seven straight to HBO Max and it's straight up porn. If they do that, maybe I'll check I mean, out an episode or two. A, it's a lot of making out. Set in the 50s. Yeah, but you had to move that off CW and put and it on yeah. HBO Max and then oh just take, take the reins off dark. let go. Then maybe. Otherwise, God, this show's gone so far <laughs> off the rail. All right, what's next? From BJ. Sending any $20 super chat. Thank, Thank you, BJ. you, BJ. My typical answer to what famous person do you share a birthday with used to be Judge Judy. But now <laughs> I can say it's with the illustrious oh, Ray Orr. Here you go. Happy birthday, oh, my yeah. dude. Judge Judy's birthday is today. How, well, happy oh, birthday to that. Oh, there's a little more. Hold on. Oh, um, I got excited. How about you guys? Any other famouses share your birthdays? Oh, my I God. I honestly don't know. I have, I've never looked. As, I mean, there is only 365 days in the year. So... Odds are you got some number of... I, I don't know any of, mm-hmm. of mine. What about you? I don't know. Do you remember, I've never thought about Do you remember it. Dom DeLuise? Oh, of course. Uh, there was only one time where I read uh, Famous People's Birthdays, and he was the only one I remembered, and that was when I was eight. Like, I looked at the, at the newspaper that day, and they were showing all the people's birthdays, and I remember Dom DeLuise. Oh. I share, I share a birthday with him. I watched some old stuff. He, he was he was really funny. funny. He was so funny. He was funny. He was great. I'm All with right. Shania Twain, Leanne Rimes, and Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, August 28th, good. baby. Man, got, you feel like a woman. Wow, your birthday's yeah. coming up. Yeah. I got a good Canadian it's, girl, by the way. It's my month. Shania it's Twain. Chrisonica. That out. Oh, it's Chrisonica. Chrisonica's arriving so soon. Okay. I don't want to steal right. race. Everyone's talking. I don't know what's who's next. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. No, no, no. Jonathan was about to say who yeah. Who you share your birthday oh, with. Oh, uh, Jonathan Rice Myers from uh, Tudors. 
and Nikolaj Coster Waldo from Waldo Game from of uh, Game of Thrones. Cool. Ooh. Triple H. Triple H. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Your personalities are a lot alike. Oh, my Rudolph. She has that show, that new show on it's Apple so TV. Good. Is it good? Mm -hmm. okay. All right. I know we got to keep moving. Others, What's next? It's okay. <laughs> from uh, Jai CSC, if it were me and I were a higher up at WB, dodged the axe of Zaslav, got Cavill back as soups for uh, Man of Steel 2, and it's starting production soon. I'd let that news slip on, say, the same day as D23. Listen, there has been a bit of a history of violence both marvel and warner brothers like dropping big news when the other is doing something big so i i don't know because here's the thing with the bombs i am expecting from d23 i don't think you want to drop henry cavill coming back as superman I, by the way we didn't even know that's happening but but if, if it were i don't know that i want to drop that news when d23 is going on because as much as it would mean a lot to me that news is going to get over flooded with the stuff that's coming out of D23. So I wouldn't do that if I were Warner Brothers. Not on D23. Maybe on the day one of the movies is coming out or something like that, but not on D23 because there's going to be so much stuff coming out. It's the the anything they try to release that day is just going to get washed out. All right, what's next? From Carlos Sosa, will we see the Spider-Man back in Secret Wars? I don't think so, but any, I mean, anything is possible. That's certainly a possibility, but I'm going to guess not. All right, what's next? From Bruh Bruh. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> bruh. 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 <laughs> Greetings, everyone. This one's for Robsham, the judge. <laughs> you know, you know what'll look good beside the deluxe Mandalorian hat I ordered? A black arena suit Boba Fett. Yeah, but those sold out, so good luck getting one. And yeah, you, you can buy one secondhand. You'll be able to buy one off the market, uh, but it's going to be more expensive. Could be, could be, but man, those are exclusives, and they're, God, they're beautiful. And they're going to be expensive. Look at you just wistfully staring off. <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to get an order in, or was it too late? I didn't order it, yeah. It was way too late. Oh, wow. Way right. too late. What's next? From David Sock and Lotion. Happy birthday, Ray. <laughs> Happy birthday, Ray. Aww. Thank you, Sock and Lotion. All right, what's next? Sticky birthday message. Luis Enrique de la Peña. Andor looks like an espionage show, or it has a little bit of The Departed. Would you like to see a straight-up comedy, rom-com, or musical someday from the Star Wars universe? Ooh. I mean, any and all. If Listen, it, it's been proved. If done right, any of those can work beautifully and be great. Um, so, I mean, I don't really listen. We got a lot of comedy in Star Wars. Um, so, yeah, a straight, listen, Tag and Bink is a straight up comedy show. I'd, I'd be down for that or just about anything. So a musical thing, you could do that. Again, it all depends on if it's executed well. Anything can work right. Felipe the sentient dancing microphone will work if done right. So, yeah, any of those could be good. All right. What's next? From Pomodoro23, hi, Chris, love your work in the Emoji Movie. Is that just a way of saying I'm like the little poop emoji? I'm not in that movie. Oh, you're not? Okay. I'm not in that movie at all. <laughs> all right, what's next? <laughs> Wait, what? Read Chris Miner? From, no, yeah, we didn't. Chris okay. Miner, did y'all watch SummerSlam, Tractor Mania, baby? Uh, I did not. I heard it's good. I heard it was good. Oh, yeah. my. Did you see Chris? No, I was working. Just, okay, Brock Lesnar took a tractor to the ring and lifted it up and Roman Reigns rolled all the way out. Like it was completely up like this way. So Roman Reigns was right there and he rolled all the way down to the floor. It was one of those spots I didn't think they would do, you but they actually the lifted with up Roman the... Reigns though. Cause he's kind of boring to watch. Yeah. All right. Wow. What's next from Al Renshaw. 
Is it virtually guaranteed that we are going to get a full trailer and big presentation for Avatar 2 at D23? We've not really gotten anything yet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. And you know what? Here's the funny thing. That's the, I'm guessing that's not even going to be in the top seven of the things that happened at D23. <laughs> I, 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 like, I serious. When you go back to the last D23, like people forget what they dropped at D23 last time. It was huge. And I think this is going to be bigger. And so, yeah, I, I mean, what do you think? Could you, are you expecting a full feature trailer uh, from uh, yeah, Avatar? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is their Super Bowl. This is their big, yeah. big thing. They're going to drop everything. Plus, they're re-releasing Avatar next month. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so they're going to hype that up as well. Mm -hmm. So it'll increase its lead over Endgame as the number one film of all time. And then at some point, Disney will go, we want our other movie to be number one now. And then they'll re-release Endgame and it'll pass. And it'll be this game of, of uh, leapfrog for the next 20 years. All right, what's next? From uh, Sir Jan, Andor may be a better Star Wars show than the one starring Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. That is crazy. Yeah, but I mean, listen, it, it looks great again. It all depends on the approach and whatever. It's like if you would have said, hey, you're going to make this little side character from one of these other movies, a good movie, but one of these other movies could be better. It shows, yeah, it, you can if you execute it right. And again, all we've seen is the trailer. The show might be crap, but we'll find out. All right, what's next? From Irene Jobson, happy birthday, Ray. Happy Aww. birthday, Ray. Thank you for sending Thank that you. in, Irene. All right, what's next? From James Wheeler with a $20 super Thank chat. Thank you, Thanks, James. James. Good morning, everyone. How do you all feel about Destin Daniel Creighton's previous movies, Short Term 12, Glass, uh, Glass Castle, and Just Cause? Short Term 12 was great. I loved it. I own that movie. I love that movie. I'm clearly not aware of it. I was like, is there supposed to be punctuation here? I haven't uh, seen uh, the other two. Um, but uh, listen, I... <sighs> Shang-Chi, I, I like to me, and I, I know, listen, I fully acknowledge, I understand I like it more than most people do, but I will debate anybody that Shang-Chi is a top five MCU film. When you really go beat by beat through, I don't know that, a, that a, an origin film of a character nobody knew, because Rob, nobody knew Shang-Chi. No, nobody amongst the general movie going audience really knew Shang-Chi at all. The way they took that character ingratiated the character and all the other side characters in there. And of course, I have Tony Leung in there as well. But I think it's just directed. It's a perfect balance of great action, humor, fun, uh, familial issues. I mean, with, with I think, a lot of people will criticize like the CGI-ness of the, the final sequence, but I, I was captivated by mm -hmm. it the entire time. Sure. And, and the two fights before the ending, the subway fight and the building fight, those things were really cool i oh, thought the bus fight you mean yeah yeah the bus the fight. bus fight is i i think my favorite action sequence in comic book movies That's so good and they've got dj snakes run it playing during that sequence love and it. it's just it's just perfect it's, yep. it's it's a perfect action sequence i love it it's amazing all right what's next from cliff bridges some support thanks cliff mike movies madness andor looks amazing if the production value looks as good as every as good every episode it does beg the question one of two Mike, did you make it? So we're looking, we're looking. It begs the question. Yeah, no, there there it is. How is Lucasfilm doling out the budgets for these shows when Boba Fett had those cringy Vespas and Obi-Wan went back and forth with looking like a movie and a fan film? You know, it's a it's a great question. Mm -hmm. I I because listen, I, I, if you you'd be forgiven if you think I hated Obi-Wan. I didn't hate Obi-Wan. It was all right. Um, but I, it was just disappointing to me. But one of the big things was a lot of the visuals looked terrible. So it's like the ships, like it looked like circa 2012 video game. Yeah. Like when the ships would fly in a scene, it's like, 
And so it's a little confusing when you look at that and then you see this trailer for Andor. And you're like, how? How is this? I mean, I don't know. And listen, we may watch Andor and they just put all the best effect shots in the trailer and everything sure. else will look like crap. We'll find out. But that is a very, very valid question, man. And I'm, I'm curious to find out what the answer is going to be. All right. What's next? From Alex Martinez. Hello, John and crew. Hope you all had a great weekend. Just wanted to say I tried mozzarella sticks with sour cream. It was Boom. good. Boom. Vin vindication i don't believe any it of is the you. fourth syllable word of the day ladies and gentlemen vindication i am telling you matzo sticks with sour cream you'll never go back baby every time you say matzo stick i, I just keep, keep thinking, thinking of matzo. Matzo. yeah, yeah. <laughs> why would you put that with a sour My cream that's a terrible idea <laughs> i'm glad you opened up your horizons and you've entered into a whole new world it's amazing i'm stuff. gonna have sour cream sticks why are these sticks mozzarella? different than all of the sticks <laughs> All right, what's next? From Vic, uh, Victor Edbaum with a $21 super Thank chat. You, Thank you, Victor, man. That's incredibly generous. Thank you, man. Light and Magic was great. So inspirational. Also couldn't help but feel bad for Phil Tippett after what happened with Jurassic Park. They scrapped his stop motion work and decided to go with CGI. But it was the right choice. Okay, I am only... First of all, I got super excited when I saw that this documentary was happening. I'm only... I'm two episodes in now. It's incredible. Yep. Like, first of all, how you have, remember, they, it's not like everybody forgets. Like today, we all walk around with four and 8K video devices in our pockets and our phones. How they have all this footage is quite frankly astonishing. Uh, the, the job that Kasdan has done, bringing this to life. It's incredible. Is insane. And I am hooked, like everything from the drama of how the motion camera got made I, I mean like it's just realized well we needed this shot technology doesn't exist to do that shot well we better create it and like what it's it's been incredible so far i can't wait to finish you finished the whole thing right yeah and it is it's it's melancholy i mean i hope they make a season two because they stopped quite a while ago and so they could do a season two because you've got 25 more years really to cover see where it is because they're still the preeminent visual effects house in yeah. the business yeah all right what's next from Andy, concerning what you said on Friday about paying the crew living wages. I love you as a film fan, John, but I now love you even more as a person. Because he oh, pays well. us living wages? Yeah. <laughs> we're not. Everyone thought we were indentured YouTube servants. <laughs> Jonathan was like, wait a minute. Who are these yeah, other ones who are making paid? living wages and why am I not? Uh, no, listen. It's, listen, it's just it's good business, right? It's just good business. Because I want... I want the people who work here to like working here. And part of liking working here is the fact that, hey, I make enough money that I can pay all my bills and, and save some money away and blah, blah, blah. Like I, I like to think that, especially in the YouTube space, um, I don't know. I mean, I like to think in, in YouTube space, I probably play better than most people do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I, I, I like to think I do. There, I there's know. a reason why after I started working on your show, I was like, do you need to do errands for you or anything else i can be here more than the place i'm doing six videos a week at yeah i mean it's just like and so when you have talent like chris carr you have talent like robert meyer burnett and and well i mean ray's obligated oh to be yeah here. Man, that, sister, so that was a bad deal for you <laughs> or or a jonathan voico like you 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 want them to be happy and 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 yeah so i mean it's just it's just good business it's just it's not about being generous it's about Good business. Anyway, all right, what's next? 
from Genevieve. Hey, guys, just wanted to say I love the show and the team. Oh, thank hey. you, Genevieve. Uh, watching you, John, since I was 14, 15, 23 now. Wow. Also, Rob, did you see the teaser for Blackpink's official comeback in August and September? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that animated video. Here's the thing. Every time I watch something... Uh, Blackpink related. I feel guilty and old, and that I shouldn't. What be is watching it? it? What is Blackpink? It's fantastic. It's an all girl K-pop band. It's the all girl K-pop band. La Lista. Yeah. Oh, I know she's from Thailand, but I don't care. I'll tell you what. See, that's why I have to stop. True I can't story. go any further than that. True story. Me, Anne, Ray, and my mother-in-law, and Anne and Ray's mom. We went to this Korean place. <laughs> Remember this, Ray? We went to this oh, Korean place yeah. to eat dinner, and the food was great, but. It had they had a bunch of TVs up, and all the TVs were playing was this long cycle of just K-pop bands. And honest to God, I thought it was all the same group. <laughs> yeah, and, and there, no, no, there were two groups because there was the guys' groups and then the girl group, and I just thought they were all the same two groups the whole time because they all <laughs> looked and sounded exact. They dressed them the same way, they styled them the same way, they danced the same way. It's just like, it's just, I don't know. I, but I guess, I don't know. That's probably what like my parents' generation thought when I'm growing up and watching and listening to like Poison and Quiet Riot and, and I said, like, oh, they're all, they all look the same. Yeah. Hair out to here. They all dress the same. Every 90s same. boy band. My parents were like, Every 90s boy degree band. of sync. What is this one? Degree of sync on the block. Yeah. Yeah. They probably all look to sound the same, but I, but well, whatever. My friends love them. You, you apparently love them. Uh, I, yeah, it's amazing. Well, you know, to, to be honest, when I saw Bumbaya for the first time, <laughs> I, I loved how it sounded because I was a huge fan of like remixes in the 80s and it had that quality to it. Um, then, of course, the girls are all smoking hot, but it was it was actually it was a legitimately cool song. And so I really do like a lot of that produced music not all of it though does that side of your head always have to have have to speak out <laughs> can you just keep that <laughs> i can't say what i can't say that <laughs> you can. i love it when you say it i'm not the only one that likes black pink for that reason i'm just saying all right all what's right. next from enzo the baker jump scares and films love hate or tolerate them done right they can be very effective um, there's a movie, there's a Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer movie called What, what Lies Beneath. Oh, yeah. That, that honestly, and uh, that a lot of people like. I did not like it primarily because all it did was jump scare. It's a it's jump like, scare movie. Ooh, yeah. you know what ghosts do? Ghosts can't help themselves. They like to make TVs turn on and off and close doors. <laughs> and it's like the whole movie is just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. And it's like, but. Like they used right jump scares. You build Whoa. tension a certain way and then you surprise the audience with a good jump scare. Again, movies are experiential events. So you give those experiences. It can be amazing. Use them the wrong way. You get what lies beneath. I, okay. I'm not a horror movie person, as you guys know. I love a jump scare. I think they're done so well because it's, it's just your brain not noticing a pattern. Right. And then getting freaked out by it. But mostly it's because Logan loves horror movies and does not do well with them. So he screams so loud in theaters, you guys. It's amazing. Wow. When we saw Nope, the entire theater was just cracking up over him in that barn scene. The barn scene is like, amazing. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> you got to tell amazing. him to watch the movie that has the greatest jump scare of all time, mm -hmm. which horror connoisseurs will tell you. Exorcist 3. Okay. Exorcist. He 3. laughs at and the by first the way, Exorcist. Don't look it up on YouTube because I hate. I just hate that people. You gotta see it that. in context. Of the movie. Ugh. You okay. know, honestly, one of the best jump scares I've ever had. It wasn't even a scary moment, but it was one of the best jump scares ever. It was Deep Blue Sea. Oh. 
the uh, infamous Samuel Jackson oh, scene. Oh, yeah. Because they set it up that you totally don't see it coming. He's in the middle of this speech, and all of a sudden, bang. And it, it's like, honestly, it was the most one of the most startled I'd ever been in a movie theater. Before. You know, I have to say, a, a good jump scare, there's an art to that. Mm-hmm. And, and yes. the you- reason I love the Exorcist 3 jump scare is because it takes you to the point where you think something's going to happen, then you you fall back, and then you don't think anything's going to happen, then something does happen. That It's always timing, and the deep blue sea timing. It's perfect. Is, I, I mean, I wonder if, like, because it's an effect scene, I wonder if they had to, like, try it, you know, like to figure out which which moment was the best or did they just get it on the first try? You want to, no, you want to know a great example? I'll give you a great example of a jump scare. It's a... Uh... Oh, man, I messed up. <laughs> I, well, I do, and by the way, yeah, James, James Wan is a What's going on right now. What's I, happening? I, I had the intro music on. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no, that was a jump scare. People are like, ah, oh, my ears. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, but no, I literally jump scared yeah, people. Oh, the thing. Because they always complain when that pops up because it's loud. Oh yeah, I used to do that all the time when I was controlling the show. All right, what's next? From Attack of the Mushi, Super Pets. I still have eight lives. I died. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into it at all. Except one of the best things that that Super Pets does, and I'm not going to give any details, but it it confirms and affirms. The universal truth that cats are all assholes and cats are stupid. <laughs> all right, what's next? That would be incorrect, but anyways, we'll move on. From Eduardo Hal Santos. Rob, you think we'll ever get a reboot of the 2015 series Surface? Is that the Lake Bell series? I don't know. I'm not familiar. Probably I love not. Lake also, Bell. I'm not familiar with that. Tom Ellis for W7 would love to see Lucifer as Bond. Hey, man. I could see it. I could. He's, he's very charismatic. He's so great. Here's the problem, though. As much as I love Tom Ellis as Lucifer Morningstar, the reality is, it's the only thing I've really seen him do. And right. I honestly don't know if he has any ability outside of that character. I just don't know. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying I don't know. I agree. We'd ha- I completely agree with you. We need to see more of him, yeah. whether he could play Bond. I agree. All right, what's next? Worth a shot. From Raymond Briotta. R.I.P. the queen of hailing frequencies, Nichelle Nichols, the goat of all sports, Bill Russell, yeah. poor mm-hmm. unfortunate soul, Pat Carroll, the voice of Ursula from The Little Mermaid, and prop master of the Conan show, Bill Toll. It, there were a bunch like yeah. it just yeah. like like it was within five minutes of each other that I found out about Nichelle and about Bill Russell, and it it was like just, Bill Russell lived in my hometown. Not only great at what they did in their crafts, but also socially incredibly important. Both yeah. of them, and, and for Nichelle, we obviously talk. Bill Russell goes without saying, but yeah, there's a lot of them this week. All right, what's next? From Stubble McShave, looking forward to Andor. This time period is what we used to cover when we played the West End Games RPG. I hope there'll be a minimum of lightsabers. I First of all, big shout out referencing the, the West End Games. It's still, in my opinion, the greatest role-playing game of all time. The West End Games D6 system of the Star Wars role-playing game. Is still, it's the one I play. It's still the best one they've ever made. The time period we always would play in, that... I'm pretty sure about 95% of our campaigns always took place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. That's where 95% of our, I think that's where 95% of Star Wars campaigns uh, take place. But uh, that was my favorite thing. We never did it really in in that era. That's an interesting one to do one. I don't think I've ever played one in that era before. Mm. All right, what's next? From Mason Hawking, imagine if it's just 18 10-minute Daredevil episodes. Yeah, no, that I think you'd be. I think there would be riots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there would honestly be riots. There would be people gathering at the gates of the Disney lot. Yeah, that would go down badly. All right, what's next? 
from E-Read 2009. Hey, crew, I think Inhumans should be reimagined as mutants for MCU. Keep it simple, Feige. I don't think they should use Inhumans at all. Honestly, there's not a single, I mean, with the exception of Anson Mount, there's no iconic Inhuman character. I, I mean, I, I really don't know that. Medusa, there, I don't know, maybe. Is really Medusa an iconic? I, I, like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't see any need or reason to go to the... I mean, Lockjaw... A Lockjaw I would love. But yeah, you can easily throw that in just yeah, anywhere. Exactly. Just, there's, there's a weird alien dog we have here now. I mean, Captain Enjoy. Marvel could have come across Lockjaw in her travels. Yeah. Like, here's my pet Lockjaw. Yeah. I would love it. Plus, the X-Men has such a pantheon of great characters. Thousands. Yes. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Listen, I'm not saying Kevin Feige has completely shut the door on. I think he did. And I think he should. But I mean, this is a new era. I mean, he could do anything with them. So we may not have seen the last of the Inhumans. All right. What's next? From Harris K. I'm digging this season of the Orville. The story arc of a certain new character was very poignant. And the episode focusing on Bordas's child, Topa, was Peabody Awards worthy. Bravo to McFarlane and Co. I'll tell you what. The new character, I'm forgetting her name now. Uh, yeah, but she's great. The pilot. I, yeah. I can't. I can't, don't know why I'm forgetting on her name. But anyway, the character's name. When they brought her in, I put up a tweet about this actually after I watched the, the last episode. I hated that character at <laughs> first. Like, okay, come on, seriously. But after watching, but but the character started to grow on me. And this last episode, when the true fruition of what her character's journey was, yeah, I sat back and I went. Damn it, if that's not one of the best uses of a character I've ever seen in television. That you brought in this character, normally in anything Star Trek related, and let's face it, Orville is a direct Star Trek ripoff, so we'll, I'll count it. When you bring in a new character, they do something in like an episode and they're, they're gone. What they did was that they took that archetype, but instead of just wrapping it all up in one episode, they said, this is going to be an important thing that's going to build over the entire season and then be brought to an emotional head that brings it all into focus. And, and when that happened, I was like, that was brilliant. It was so well done. I felt it. And I, I think it's going to have, anyway, I, I just love the way they did. I can't wait for the, I, I agree. And you know, they really set that up, especially the episode with her and, and Isaac yes. sort of, sort of reconciling to one another. I mean, it's really well done. Really well done. All right. What's next? From Dat Dude Jake C. Hey, crew. <laughs> happy birthday, Ray. Oh, thank Love you. the show. Any of y'all watch Barry on HBO? One of my favorite shows. So good. Love Season's Barry, great. but I have not seen season three. Ooh. So I'm, I'm not caught up. There's so much stuff I need to get caught up on, but I have not got caught up on season three. Speaking of Henry Winkler, um, I, I have not got there yet. But listen, the episode, I think it's season one with the karate girl is... One of the best single episodes of television in the past six or seven years. Like I say that one episode is seriously one of the single, like if anybody said to me, if there's only one episode of Barry, I should watch. That's the episode. It's fantastic. But the overall show is great. All the characters are wonderful. Uh, I, I, yeah, oh, it's just so good. If you haven't started watching it, try it. All right. What's next? From Rafael Castillo, we lost a major cultural icon, a wonderful, beautiful soul. She lived a long and inspiring life, a legacy that many of us will long cherish. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it is unfortunate, and we're all guilty of this, that we don't recognize it or celebrate it enough until they're gone. But I, again, the, the sci-fi art 
not only was she iconic in that, the social importance that she represented. You guys did a beautiful job pointing out about how just her very presence on the show inspired the next generation. I mean, like Whoopi Goldberg not only was so inspired, believing she could do it, then she ended up on Star Trek, right? And Mae Jemison did too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you talk about the influence on NASA yeah. and people believing I could be an astronaut, I can be in space. I mean, it's just so incredible. It's unfortunate we don't celebrate that enough while they're still here. And I, I think we're all been guilty of that, including us. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw, that Android trailer was great and makes me even more excited for the series. Uh, I was Fry saying, I, I, I was Fry saying, take my money. Give me this now. Yeah, I, I, I the, the first couple of trailers have been great. I mean, we were oohing and aahing about the first couple of trailers. Yeah. But this one puts them to shame. Like, is that, I didn't think I could get more excited for well, this It's all show. character stuff, too. Not just the great visuals, but the character stuff. Man. Like, you, you pointed out, it, it's, it's, it's great. The Star Destroyer shot, all the, the space battle. But it's the dialogue. It's the lines. It's that intrigue that builds. It's like, they won't know what I'm really doing. And what are you really doing? Like, that, yeah. that moment is so good. So good. All right, what's next? From Raymond Viarda, I can see Stallone working out in his mountain farm with hearts on fire blasting hearts on his boombox. <laughs> then he glances at his iPhone and he yells, Drago! Drago! <laughs> Strong design! <laughs> Dolph! Man, you just painted that entire picture in my head, man. Now it's just totally there. It's going to be there for the rest of the day. All right, what's next? From Campia and Curiosity Killed the Cat. Ooh. <laughs> Rewatch Winter Soldier over the weekend, and oh my God, I forgot how great it is. An MCU masterpiece. Yep. Great characters, emotion, humor, story, action. So good. It's brilliant. Listen, I, I know I, I may be in the minority on this. The Russo Brothers' two best movies, in, to my opinion, are not Infinity War and Endgame. They are Winter Soldier and Civil War. I, I, I just think those two movies are just flat out superior to the, and I love infinity war and Endgame. I'm not crap talking infinity war and Endgame at all, but I just think those are the two better movies they did. They're just amazing. And whenever I go back to watch them, whether it's winter soldier or civil war, I'm always like, damn, I forgot how great this is. Like every time, I don't know. What do you think about that? Look, I love winter soldier. And every time I like the opening scene, just the banter between black widow and, and cap before they so good. assault that ship. You know, have you gonna? Are you gonna date so and so from the? Did just, he just jump out of the plane? Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> it's so good. And George Saint Pierre as Batroc. Oh man, come on! That fight that he has with Batroc is so oh, it's, good. It's great. It's great. Uh, all right, what's next? From uh, D Wild, are the JLA not who Adam is fighting? I think there are moments where you see him, as, and it's the uh, JSA. JSA. Um, it's. I think there are moments of it, but then I, 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 again, I think that's just one of those second act things that happens where, oh, well, we get to know each other. It's kind of like in um, the first Avengers movie when Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor first meet. Oh, they have this little tussle at first. And, you know, so I got a feeling it's one of those. All right, what's next? From Mike's movie Madness, how is Lucasfilm doing out the budgets for oh, the show? Oh, I think show? we already oh, we've done had this. this. Yep. That was, that the, was second the second part. part. Thank you. Oh, that was the second part. I'm at E. I'm so keen for the Sandman this oh week. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. I oh. cannot wait. It, speaking of things that look cinematic, this looks cinematic. I mean, it, and they're they're adapting the actual comics. It's my favorite comic series of all time. And it starts. it's starting up. All I right. What's wait. next? From Curtis. Pause of Supreme. The Legend of Wong. Pause of... I 
I don't get it. I'm sure there's a clever reference in there, but oh, I don't get it. Oh, Pause of Fury and then the Wong thing, right? <laughs> I think so. Really? How does that connect? Anyway, all right, what's next? <laughs> Peter Cunnington, on the weekend I lost my pizza cutter, so I used a Brian Adams CD. It really cut like a knife, but it felt oh, so right. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it like a knife. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, I'm not mad about it. Funny story, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, Canadians take being Canadian very seriously. What? And we were watching, I think it was The Voice. And somebody, who was the host of The Voice? It was one Sharon of- Sharon Osbourne. No, no, no. Like, who was the, the main, the, the, the Was host? it Ryan Seacrest? I think it was Ryan Seacrest, right? Oh, I thought right? that was American Idol. Um, who, then who's the other one? There's uh, Ryan Seacrest, and then there's the other one. Hmm. And who's like the Ryan- I only anyway, watch AGT. I'm going to go with Ryan Seacrest for now. But okay. it was somebody on The Voice- Carson Daly. Carson Daly. Carson Daly. Daly. Thank you. Yeah, they're, they're just clones. Ryan Seacrest um, and not Ryan Seacrest. So, <laughs> Carson Daly, they- Somebody sang Summer 69. And then they're before going to commercial, they go to Ryan Seacrest. All right, register your votes for so-and-so singing the great American rock classic Summer 69. And my blood boils. <laughs> like, you, like Canadians take Canadian shit very seriously. It's like, you motherfucker. That is a Canadian rock. Anthem. And I guess their stuff lit up. Their social media got flooded because when they came out of commercial, they had, he started off with Carson Daly going, by the way, I just had to correct myself. Summer 69 is, of course, a Canadian rock anthem, not American. It's like, you're damn right. Anyway, so that's just my <laughs> throwback to my Brian Adams thing. All right, what's next? From Stubble McShave. Nice, Elvis broke even. Made $6 million domestic this weekend. Did it break even? I'm, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing it broke even, but if it did, that's awesome because it's a really good movie. It deserves to break even, but... I have to go and look at the numbers. I'm not totally sure that's true. Uh, hopefully it is. All right, what's next? From Luis Enrique de la Pena. For the foodies in the crew, yesterday I had carnitas tacos with mole sauce and pickled onions. Delicious. Ooh, okay, what's that, what's that show that we were just talking about, the new Netflix one? Oh, about? the street food one. Okay, so Ann and I, totally not street food, uh, it was late at night. We were both hungry. It's like, you want to go to Sonic? Never been to Sonic in my life. Sonic so, America's drive-in? Yeah, so we pulled up, drive-in, and so we had some time to kill. We were in the Tesla, so we got the Netflix on, on the car in the car. So we put that on and I'm like, okay, I get it. I get why P. So if you're telling me that because you got inspired by that first episode, then I get it because I, after watching that episode, I wanted to go down there and start oh, eating that as yeah. well. The oh. ones they talk about for the LA episode too, like Logan and I were mapping it all out and we were like, okay, we can do this. We can hit all of these in the same day. <laughs> yeah. And then they talk about the Filipino food as well. So I got really excited about mm -hmm. that. So, I mean, it's just, but that, yeah, I've never wanted to eat Mexican food more badly than watching that episode. And that guy's story, I mean, what, oh, oh, his relationship with his, his family. And, and oh, his dad. His dad. Oh, it's so beautiful. It was beautiful. Beautifully done. All right, what's next? Oh. Andy, swap out the villain in the next Avengers with an airbender instead so you can call the movie Avengers, the Aang Dynasty. I like it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Oof. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not terribly excited if Kang is the villain. I, I'm not excited about the Kang character. I, I would almost prefer an Ang. <laughs> I would like. I, there's the ultimate crossover that everybody's looking for. Well, you know what the problem is? They ha they still haven't established Kang yet. Yes. Yeah, so we'll see. What Nobody knows do. what he is. Ant Man's going to do that. He who remains is not Kang. Yeah, <laughs> not really. All right. What's next? From Christopher Baker, after Bullet Train comes out August 5th, there isn't a big movie coming out until mid-October if you want to count Halloween. If you don't, then Black Adam drops at the end of October. Is this odd? It is odd. And, you know, actually, who was it? It might have been the Hollywood Reporter that did an article on how, like, studios are basically failing the movie theaters. 
Yeah. Because the movie theaters saved Hollywood by bank, by bringing in all the money that they, they have. And it's like, I mean, I, they, they point out like movies like um, Samaritan. They're supposed to be theatrical, taking it out of theaters. I don't think Prey was ever supposed to be theatrical. I don't think so. I think it was always destined for Hulu because the last Predators movie was so badly received that they probably didn't feel they could make any money in theater. So I get that one. But it's like, hey, studios, like uh, the theaters have really saved your ass. Maybe you should be giving them product to show. Uh, and anyway, they wrote a really good article about it. I think it was The Hollywood Reporter. It might have been one of the other trades I did. But if you get a chance to read that, you should check it out. But yeah, we don't have a lot after uh, Bullet Train. All right, what's next? From Anubis Genocide, season three of Harley Quinn, I feel is off to a great start. It is. I love Bane. Steals the show every time he shows up. He needs a web series. He has. He steals the show every time he shows up ever since season one. I. The, the, he walks in. I gave you a poster maker for a wedding that never happened. There will be vengeance. I mean, it's I I die every time he's on screen. I die. He's so funny. He's like one of the the animated Bane in Harley Quinn is one of the best characters on TV. I'll just call it right now. So is Kite Man, by the way. And, and what is with Kite Man getting like the hottest female? female characters as his girlfriends because his new girlfriend is smoking she's great what they call her glider anyway uh, anyway if you haven't got caught up in the <laughs> for new episodes harley quinn you gotta watch it's so good all right what's Wind next takes them everywhere <laughs> from jesse bryce hey crew rob how do you like episode five of blackbird and thank you for getting me into it uh into for all mankind i loved episode five of blackbird but i'm, I'm feeling very tense about where it's going you said it's got one episode left one episode right? left yeah I, that, that's another show i gotta get, get up and on. it's based on a true story so very excited about it. All right, what's next? From KJ McCrew, The Flash is ending with season nine and 13 episodes. My heart breaks. The Arrowverse is officially dead. Has it been? Has it already been dead for a while, though? It had a hell of a run. It, it, it really did. It did. did. And there's some really good things that happened in the Arrowverse. And, but... and listen, I've said this before, but I will say it again. In as much as this Flash series has been on life support for a while, five years from now, when I look back on the Flash show, I will look back fondly. This oh, yeah. is a show that I did not believe in. When they announced it, I thought this was a bad idea, blah, 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 blah. I thoroughly enjoyed this show for, for a number of years. And even though I, I ditched on it about a year and a half, two years ago, because it's just, can't, I can't watch it anymore. It's just unwatchable now. But I, the big bulk of that show, I thought they did a delightful show. I, I enjoyed tuning in every week. I thought the characters were endearing and delightful, and I, I liked the banter. I thought the stories were fun. And, you know, going back, of course, Arrow, the one that started it all, which the first couple of seasons of Arrow, I still contend some of the best superhero television we've ever had, the first couple of seasons. Um, and then it kind of, the wheels fell off. But Arrow, Flash, Black Lightning, I mean, they the Arrowverse had done some really, really good things, and it, it's time for it to be put to bed. It is time for it to be put to bed, but they did some great things along the way. All right, what's next? From Harv's K. Hey, Rob. In Light and Magic Episode 2, did you catch the rare Mecha Godzilla toy in the Death Star Trench? Those original ILMers had good taste I in toys. I did not catch that, did oh, you? Oh, yes, I did. There's <laughs> so much stuff there. My favorite might be Spaz Williams having, Spaz Williams <laughs> having a Halloween 2 one-sheet in his office but there's all kinds of crazy goodness in the background of that stuff because they had a they would buy everything because they used it all i like it when they're talking about building the death star trench stuff they got what was it? they said just seven pieces 
and they replicate several and they just put them together in different orders so it all looked different but it was yep. the same seven pieces just arranged differently i thought that was brilliant amazing all right what's next from cliff bridges i'm calling it now wong is kang that's why he's everywhere getting at everyone for secret wars okay don't laugh mm. that's not the dumbest thing i've heard that's not the dumbest thing i've heard i mean they're not going to do that but if they did that, that would come out of left field and catch a lot of people by surprise. It would. I mean, there's no chance though, right? I don't think so. Okay. But it would be fun. <laughs> All right. What's next? From Jin the Jedi. In a new interview, 50 Cent said that he was originally meant to play Terry Crews' role in the original Expendables when talking about his role in 4. I'm not surprised to hear no. that. There was, around that time, there was a big push with 50 Cent in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And when you really think about it, I mean, physically he could be that character. I mean, I'm glad they went with Terry Crews. He's the better actor and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think that would have felt odd at all for him to pop in there, no. especially a film like that. Wait, 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 wait. Is 50 Cent is in Thor? <clears throat> what? No, oh, I thought. No, she said in, in role in four. Oh, in four. Four. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Four. <laughs> yeah. Thor. Wait a minute. 50 Cent was in Thor? I was like, yeah. what cameo was that that I didn't Thor, want? Robin Funder. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's next? From Connor Dorian. Hello, Rob. Just thought you should know that the third and final season of Lock and Key will release next week on August 10th. I know, and I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. I like Lock and Key. I'm a, big, I'm a big Joe King fan. and I, Didn't I, they cross over that world? Not in the TV show. Didn't they cross that world over with Sandman 2 at, at one point? They, they might have. I don't. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they did. They like, might have. I don't. Yet. If that was because I didn't read the new Sandman oh, okay. universe comic series that they put out a couple of years ago, which they very well could have. All right. What's next? From J Master, the Andor trailer looks dope and awesome. I'm really hyped for the series. I agree. Andor doesn't look like a TV show. It looks like a movie with everything so cinematic yeah. and high quality. So good. And, and you're right. I, like somebody brought it up earlier. It's like how. Wait, I'm looking at like Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. And then I look at this. This is all coming from the same company at the same time era. Like it's again, maybe we're being fooled and they just showed us the best shots in the trailer and everything else is going to look like crap. But we'll see, man. We'll see. All right. What's next? From Tyler V602. Guys, I think I watch your show too much. I had a dream last night. You all had a live musical episode of the John Campia show. Much love, guys. Freeze? Are you paying off Ray's bills? <laughs> yeah. Are you Ray's bills? I would do that. If you wanted to do a musical episode, I think we I could would pull love it off. I've got the guitar episode. over yonder. I think we pull out the guitar. We'll just do an entire musical episode. Oh, man. I think it'd be fun. Sing about, you know, Sylvester Stallone yelling at seagulls. And it'll be a lot. It could be a blast. All right. What's next? From Isaiah. $20 super chat just to support us. Thank you so much, Isaiah. Thank That's you so nice. much, Isaiah. Right. And guys. We've run out of time. That'll do it for this installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thanks to all you guys who sent in those Super Chats, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so much for your support. So for everybody in the room, Robert Meyer Burnett, Chris Carr, Ray Aura, producer Jonathan Voiko. Don't forget to come back and join us again tomorrow, guys. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.